Welcome to the Arms Race. This is the podcast where we attempt to determine which action star is the highest body count in movie history, currently by watching every Sylvester Stallone movie one at a time. I'm Kevin Keane. And I'm Mike Olson. And today we'll be discussing Driven, released by Warner Brothers on April 27, 2001. Starring Sylvester Stallone, Burt Reynolds, Kip Perdue, Stacey Edwards, Till Schweiger, Gina Gershon, Estella Warren, Christian De La Fuente, Brent Briscoe, and Robert Sean Leonard. Screenplay by Sylvester Stallone. Story by Jan Skretny and Neil Tabernich? Tabernich? I don't know. Tabachnik? Tabachnik. Uh, and directed by Rennie Harlan. Yep, the reunion from Cliffhanger. Yes. Uh, not, this is not nearly as much fun as Cliffhanger, that is for oh, sure. Boy, Rennie Harlan. You, you know... I'm sure we talked about it. And I remember saying on the cliffhanger episode, like, yeah, he's a competent director. He can, you know, he's solid. He's always going to be solid. He's never going to do anything spectacular. I'm not sure I live by that statement anymore. Well, this could be spectacular, but a spectacular failure is yeah. what this probably could be described. I don't as. know if I'd go that far. I, you know, this is one of those movies where as it was going on, I'm like, ah, it's all right. Like it's kind really? of, a, it's kind of a mess. You know, Ooh. it's, it's, you know, we'll go through, I'm sure. I mean, it's just the mushiest movie ever. It's like, who is even the main character in this movie? I'm Who's sure. the main character? Who's the villain? Is, well, yeah, there really isn't a villain. Is this a sports movie? Is this a love? What? What? What is this? That, I think that's this, probably my my question right there. That we can just skip to the questions. That's what. Well, what movie is this? Well, I, I was I was my note is uh, B roll footage, the motion picture. It was because <laughs> I feel like I, it feels like they built this movie around. Hey, we sent a camera crew, or you know, maybe like I don't know, like CBS Sports or whatever. They got all this footage of just like people attending IndyCar car <laughs> racing. Yeah, and it's just like let's let's build a movie around because I'm, I'm telling you every time it's like we're in you know we're, we're in Detroit we're in Chicago we're, we're in Japan in Tokyo. <laughs> exactly and then it's just like here comes a two and a half minutes of just people eating hot dogs in the stands and then just like yes. you know <laughs> zoomed in footage of like you know girls swishing their asses in the screen yes. you know <laughs> uh, you know it's so much of this movie is that there's like what like eight or nine events over the course of this movie I think so yeah and every time there was like a solid minute oh, minimum yeah. It, of of that kind of footage, I'm just like this is B-roll the motion picture. This is this is most of the movie. It felt very much like well, we're not sure these main lead actors are really pulling their weight. <laughs> so what we got to do is we need to just mm, fill this up with as, <laughs> as much stock footage as we can. I don't know if it's the actor's fault. I mean, look. You, you look at this and you go, oh, a sports movie written by Sylvester Stallone, writer of Rocky. How could this lose? And, Rocky on wheels. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, we talked about it on the Rocky episode. And it's like, you need to have more than just who's going to win, right? Like, I don't care as a viewer. Like, I don't know. These aren't real people. and I, I, You have to give me a reason to care. In the case of Rocky, it's like... He had to prove to himself he had value. He wasn't a bum from the street. We needed something like that here for either for uh, what, what? There's Joe Tanto is Stallone's character. Jimmy yes. Jimmy Jimmy Bly. Bly yes, uh, and we, Bo Brandenburg. Bo Brandenburg. Yes, played by the guy from um, Inglorious Bastards. I was look, looking at him going like, oh, where man. do I know this guy from? And, I didn't look it up. Thank you for putting putting it together. Uh, what was the 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 guy's name and uh, the like defector from from the German army? Yes, I can't remember the character's name because he he was like he was in the brig right and Hugo Stiglitz. That's <laughs> yeah, yes. Hugo Stiglitz is here as as the best racer Man. in the world. Oh, it I'm, took me a while. I was looking at him going like, where do I know him from? His face was so familiar. I was like, I he's in a movie that I've seen like ten times because all, like, all of about a sudden his face. now I like Bo Brandenburg a little bit more <laughs> now that I know that eventually I'm going to get a movie that I like him in. Yeah. 
No, I th- but I think he's a good actor. I don't know about this. I think uh, is it Kip Pardue who plays uh, Jimmy Bly? Jimmy Bly. Yeah. I, yeah. I. You, you were, I think, knocking his acting just now. Is that kind of where you were coming from? I, there, there's I get a that. there's a lot of acting that I think you can knock. He he's near near the top. I, I get that, but I think the biggest problem is just the character is written in a way oh. where it's just there's nothing to you know. If you're an actor, what do you have to grab onto? Like he's, I guess he's like doubting himself, but unjustifiably he's the second best racer in the world clearly and he's well, is, it unju- season? is it unjustifiably though because burt reynolds is just berating and not, the press too it's all just like oh he's really falling apart he lost one he finished second <laughs> in one race i and the, so one of the major flaws of it if it truly is rocky on wheels right is that dynamic of two boxers meaning you know your your main characters works because yeah. They should be in the ring together competing against one another. Yeah. That dynamic works. When you take something like this, and Days of Thunder kind of made it work, and that was fine. Yeah. But even there, they stretch the believability. This is even more so, because at least I felt like in Days of Thunder, they acknowledged, like, you know... <laughs> there are other racers. <laughs> <laughs> there are other racers. Yeah. And, they, you know, they're not finishing one or two in every single race. Yeah. That's not how... I don't know that much about racing, but I do know that is not how it works. Every once in a while, this movie drops Andretti as the name. Like, oh, Andretti is in whatever oh, fifth. I, and it's just like, oh, I guess uh, he yeah. must... In this alternate universe, he's really terrible, because he's never competitive. No, some rookie who just came off the street apparently doing, like, Mario Kart racing is able to just dominate the sport. Literally every other car. I was going to say racer, but you never meet any of the other. It's just the three guys, well, the four guys. Four, because of Memo Marino. Yeah, Memo. Um, Yeah, like, those are the only four racers you meet. So otherwise, they're just there. The other cars are just there to be crashed. Because that's the other thing that really annoyed me about this movie. It's just like, it's a serious drama about racing. And then suddenly it's just like, look at this crash. Just trying to, like, uh, it's it's funny because so much of, in theory, so much of the story is about the insecurities of Jimmy Bly. And, oh, he's, you know, he gets the lead and he can't can't deal with it. And his insecurities get the better of him and he loses the lead. And I feel like this movie is totally insecure about IndyCar racing where it's just like, have faith even even if you fail whatever it's like is this movie making IndyCar interesting no it's not but you know don't go like well the, the audience is gonna be bored throw a bunch of crashes just yes. and, and the crashes get more and more ludicrous and it's oh. just like is this supposed to be a realistic story or is this you know death race like pick a lane <laughs> it's probably no pun intended it's, pick a lane it's closer to death race without a doubt sometimes it is i just i wish it had, it had like stuck to just being more of a ensemble drama we'll talk about more i'm sure as we get into it i don't i know you hate movies that don't have a villain and this movie is very much that um, you know, I think it could have benefited from having a stronger villain, someone to root against. Because even Brandenburg, who was like the rival, you know, I think Stallone's going for an Apollo Creed thing where it's oh, like he's likable. He's just, you know, it's it's more just a competitive thing. In many ways, that dynamic, so much of this movie felt like a poor copy of Days of Thunder. Yeah. And that dynamic did for sure. And they, because the most villainous character Easily, Burt, Burt Reynolds, Carl. Burt Reynolds' character yeah. is Carl Henry, I think. I have all kinds of questions. Well, maybe not all kinds. I have questions about him. But what's funny is I think they try to make Jimmy's brother DeMille, you know, villainous as well. But what's interesting, what's funny is I, I, it's one of my most... He probably is actually the most entertaining thing to me in this I movie. Agree. 
De- DeMille yeah. is probably what I took away. I'm like, DeMille, I think, is what I like most about this movie. Yeah, Dr. House, MD's best friend from that show. <laughs> I that's didn't the know that. only either. thing I've ever seen that guy in otherwise. And, just, and it, it, I think that show went on the air the next year, so he looks identical. I'm just like, it's House's buddy. <laughs> I watched a lot of House, MD, and yeah, he was, he, was a, he was in every episode. I guess he should feel grateful that... He maybe he booked House before this actually was released, and they're like, "Oh, he's in a Stallone movie. All right, yeah, yeah, you got it." And then they're like, oh, and he's probably thinking, "Oh, I'm glad I booked that before this was released." I don't know though. I think you're it, he's he's he, fine. You're he, right, but he, the movie he stands I, out because at least he has a character. It's like you know he, he has that villainous side. Yeah, I want to talk about that too. I'm sure that's in my questions as far as that character and okay. what his deal is. Um, but yeah, we can get started. So, All right, you ready? Yeah, I, I we, there, we have a new setup. I want to apologize. Uh, the last episode sound quality was subpar. We have a you know, new setup here. Uh, I think I've got a setup that is going to work. Um, so one benefit of this new setup is, unlike before, where you could see the soundboard when I'm about to click it, I've got I can hide it away from you. So here we go. What day is it? What year? There we go. So it is uh, April twenty seventh, two thousand one. Uh, I don't. I think I wound up really messing this up and not having this uh, the Rotten Tomatoes uh, until like the very end of the episode. Uh, this time I'm not going to forget it. Not surprising. Uh, this is the polar opposite. And I'm starting to feel bad because I feel like you tend to pick the movies that at least somebody likes, whether it's the critics, <laughs> the audience, well, or a combination of both. And I have a tendency to pick one that almost universally is hated by all and this one is universally hated by all if that's the case it's just because i'm that's all i'm leaving you with so you can feel free to blame me for that uh, maybe but i think i had you know i had a chance for the suicide squad and i didn't know you know whether or not it was good because it was newer yeah um i yeah i but the thing is i i, I you say universally hated i wouldn't say i hate it so okay not universally because well, i am only kind of moderately uh, only moderately dislike this movie okay well the critics gave it a 14 percent. i'll let you then guess what do you think the audience is it is higher it's probably got like 30 something 35 very good right in between between 30 and 35 at 33 percent is okay. the audience score all right it had a Ninety-four million dollar budget in two thousand one. I did see that, and yeah, it's. I mean, you know, the, those cars aren't cheap. The cars aren't cheap. They should have, if they were going to use as much CGI for reasons <laughs> I don't understand. For some of them, yeah. they should have invested more of that ninety-four million dollars in that CGI. Some, we will get to that for sure. Some of that's just the time that it was made, but I completely agree. Those are the most laughable moments. Oh in this my movie. god! Uh, <laughs> so not age well. Total box office of fifty four point seven four four million. Uh, of that, thirty two point seven is domestic, about sixty percent. Just over twenty two is international, at about forty percent, according to Box Office Mojo. So yeah, I think Warner Brothers didn't put up the money for this, right? Because when we wa- when I watched it in streaming, it didn't have a Warner Brothers logo. Some I it did not. It had like three or four, you know, smaller yes. production companies. So I assume some. I, I, Stallone probably roped in some buddies of his. Like, hey, I'm trying to some arms. You need to distribute yeah, this. My, my career is not in a great place right now, and I'm trying to kickstart it. And I'm sure it's, he probably lost some friends of his a boatload of money. <laughs> Without a doubt. Well, I was surprised. I, I thought as universally as I think or thought this was hated, I figured for sure it did not open number one. It opened number one in April, late April 2001. Wow. With $12.1 million uh, is the opening gross. Number two that year, uh, in its second week, Bridget Jones' Diary with 7.5. 
this has a loose connection to our podcast. Uh, the number three movie in America at that time, the original, the first Spy Kids. Okay. Uh, yes. At five point seven, I still I finally remember Spy Kids three. I think is what yeah, we covered. That's yeah, the one with Stallone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I finally remember recording that episode, and I finally remember watching Spy Kids three. <laughs> I mean, which I would not have watched if it wasn't for this podcast. It's been a while now. It has. Uh, number four, Along Came a Spider, which is the, uh, it feels like there were about three or four Morgan Freeman, Ashley Judd movies. I don't remember which one that was. Yeah, we've talked about that before. I know. I, I remember Kiss the Girls was one of them. Yes. Um, it uh, it double, doesn't really. Double. Double some, Indemnity, maybe? No, that's. Double Jeopardy? Double Jeopardy, yes. Double Jeopardy. All right. Uh, so Along Came a Spider was in its, I guess, fourth, third week with 5.6. Uh, this one I found entertaining, and I almost want to do a special episode on these movies. Uh, <laughs> the number five movie in America in its fourth week in theaters, Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. Oh, I forget. There's three Crocodile Dundee movies. I always forget about that third one. Because it's 2001. It's like 15 <laughs> years later. Yeah. Who? I mean, it, it, who is clamoring for more intellectual property from Crocodile Dundee? They're, they were probably hoping that there was enough time that they could lean on some nostalgia, but they were wrong. Because I don't even remember that thing. Especially like Crocodile, Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. Like... The second one was all about him coming to America. It's it like, what's, New York. yeah, it's just a different American no, city. No, it was it was the reverse. The original was him, I think, coming to New York, wasn't it? And then the second, so. doesn't she go to the Outback? No, I think it's the reverse. It's I think the, the first okay. one's in, in the Outback, and the second one's oh, like, and she's doing a story there and, and meets him and whatever. Been, I haven't seen hey. them since they were relatively new. Because the, uh, the the second one's the one where he's like, "That's not a knife, right? This, this is, is a, a knife. knife." That's because he's getting mugged in New York. Because of course, that's what you, that happens in a movie. <laughs> I see you play. All right, all right. That's not a knife. That's a spoon. All right, all right. You win. I see you've played knifey spoony before. I don't know why. I didn't know that movie existed. Or if I did, I had long since forgotten. I only knew because there was that. And I think we, I think we talked about this in the podcast ages ago. But uh, there, like, there was like a, that hoax Crocodile Dundee four that like ended up being. Like, I vaguely remember that. I yes. think it ended up being like a travel ad for Australia. Like, come visit Australia. <laughs> but they like they tease like. There's a Crocodile Dundee thing coming soon. Everyone's like, oh my God, they're going to announce Crocodile Dundee 4. And, and there's was... a Yahoo Serious Film Festival as <laughs> But well. yeah, I remember at the time being like, four? What do you mean? And then that's when I learned of the existence oh, wait, of Oh, the wait, there's third. a third. Right. Well, it had $4.6 million in late April 2021, bringing its total gross to your point. Somehow it's been in theaters. How did it stay in for four weeks? It only had fourteen million in gross. Why is it still in theaters? I don't know. It probably it took a couple of weeks for the word to get out. It's like, hey, there's a crocodile in the new movie. Like, you know, oh. maybe they just thought if they hung on long enough, word of mouth would get out. Could be. All right. So number six is actually a movie that I like and have seen. Blow, starring Johnny Depp, three point three million. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, Boston Pee-wee, George. Pee Wee Herman is nice. Uh, that's right. Yes. Paul, Paul Rubens. Uh, as Derek for real, as I recall. Uh, number seven. I don't recognize this one. Maybe you do. It's its first week. So from uh, two through six are not new entries. Town and Country. Uh, that's yeah, fine if you I don't, don't. I don't think I know what that is. That All might right. be like a Merchant Ivory thing. Could be. Uh, just over three million. Also, just ba- it's like $9,000 separates these two. Uh, number eight in its first week, The Forsaken. Didn't know that. No, me neither. Uh, David Spade, number nine. Joe Dirt is in theaters with two point seven million dollars. What week is that? Because this, I, I, I have no sense of whether that movie was popular. Or this not. says week 
three. I'm not sure <laughs> okay, I, so I believe that. Oh, you like know what? I take it back. Crocodile Dundee was its second week. The prior week, that's what I've got on this list. Sorry, it was fourth on the list. So Got it. All right. Uh, Joe Dirt uh, was seventh, and it was it's its third week in uh, theaters. So it sounds like it would flop pretty bad. Uh, it was not very successful. That was its third week, and its gross was $22.7 million. Uh, and number 10 is Freddy Got Fingered with $2.5 million. I know it's a comedy or purported it's, to be a comedy. Yeah, I've purported to be a comedy. That's Tom Green's movie. Oh, Tom Green. That's, That's the reason why I've forgotten. And, you know, it was one of those. I, I actually was reading about it recently, and like I think Tom Green has kind of had a, kind of a sad post-celebrity oh. life. Um, but I think it was one of those things where like, he uh, hit so big on MTV that year that he was... Uh, Could just do anything. That one year that he was famous, he was so famous that, like, yeah, movie studios were just like, you want to make a movie? He was just like, it okay. Makes, like, and he just, like, he, makes, did, he almost did it, like, as a prank. Like, he made it... Like, he wasn't even trying to make a good movie. He was just like, like give me money to make a movie. I'm just going to do whatever. I'll make this. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because Road Trip probably was the year before and he had the cameo in that. So you're right. right. This this is probably his thir- 365 days of fame. And within another year, he was nobody again. Yeah. He's got like an internet show now, but who cares? Uh, we've got a podcast, so where, where does that really say? Right? That puts us on the same level as him, I would say. <laughs> right. uh, well, not financially, but I, I hear you. Although maybe, because who knows? Maybe <laughs> he's th- lost it all. I don't think he, you know, how much... I mean, How much was MTV shelling yeah, out those I mean, days? I'm not he, sure. he had a very short window, and he was on MTV, and he made one movie. That's and that was not successful, so I don't know how much money he, he took away from that. All right, we are back in the reality TV era of the TV Nielsen ratings because Survivor is number one. Not yeah. surprising. I think this was the first year, actually, of Survivor being on the air, so it was the beginning of reality TV. First or second, yeah. Might 2000 at the two. earliest, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is this is 2000, 2001, because I was trying to get oh, April, okay. so this, then, yeah, that's it probably, may or may not have been. I don't remember. That had to have been this first year, then. Uh, ER is still pumping out strong at number uh, number two. Okay. Uh, and then we, <laughs> we have number three and number four. Who wants to be a millionaire Wednesday? And then who wants to be a millionaire Tuesday? At least that's a show that like you could learn things there was from. There some skill involved yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, number five, uh, it's a three-way tie, actually. That's interesting. Between Friends, Monday Night Football, and Everybody Loves Raymond. So this is kind of getting to the end of like peak sitcom right here, where those are still hanging around, but not can't can't beat Survivor and, and I guess, ER. Yeah. Uh, number eight, I'm pretty sure we've done movies uh, for Stallone. It had to have. I don't, maybe it wasn't Stallone, because maybe I did this for Arnold, because who wants to be a millionaire Sunday? Three days. Three days. They were really trying to kill that fast. Yeah. Good job keeping that golden goose alive, guys. <laughs> number, I'll never understand that. Number nine, Law & Order. It's because it's cheap to produce. That's why. Yeah, and they're desperate for programming. Yeah, for content. Number nine, Law and & Order. Uh, and number ten, The Practice. All right, on the history front, since that's what this segment really is about, is, of course, the S&P 500, which is at 1,270.37. I went a little bit into March and a little bit into April. Didn't do May, but March, it made sense because the end of March was the Academy Awards. The 73rd Academy Awards, hosted by Steve Martin, are held at Shrine Auditorium in Los Angeles with Ridley Scott's Gladiator winning five awards out of 12 including Best Picture. Steven Soderbergh is nominated twice for Best Director, winning for Traffic. Okay. Yeah, because uh, 2000 is notoriously like a bad year for movies, right? So it was kind of like, like uh, Gladiator's fine, but... It, it, yeah, it's okay. And even Traffic, it's okay, but I thought it was really, really overhyped. Uh, I don't remember. I remember I saw it at the time, and I kind of went like, okay, 
Like I, I had like no reaction to it. Nothing strong anyway. I was just like, all right, there's a drama and there's an ensemble. Okay. Yeah, and I, it, it was fine. I just thought, yeah, this is getting way too much hype for what it actually is. The one thing I do remember about Traffic is I think it's it was the beginning of the trend of any time there was a movie that had scenes in Mexico but wasn't entirely set in Mexico, they would put that yellow filter over everything to be like, it's Mexico. This is what Mexico looks like. <laughs> to the point where like now it's such a cliche. And also it's just like, what, why? <laughs> just completely arbitrarily trying to make it look dirty or something? That's kind Interesting. of like, it's, it's kind of... Uh, I don't know if I ever noticed that. Oh, I mean, it's um, at the beginning, what's the Bond movie that starts in Mexico City? Um, not Quantum, not Spectre. Uh, Spectre. Spectre starts in Mexico City. Yes. And it has that. And as soon as the movie started, we're like, they're doing the thing. Of course it's Mexico, because look at the filter they put it. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a weird thing that like movies still do. They put a yellow filter, and traffic was I, the beginning of that. All right, I'm going to have to start paying attention more now. Thank you for pointing that out. I yeah, it, it, I always notice it whenever they do it. All right. Uh, March 28th, the Bush administration withdraws U.S. support for the 1997 Kyoto Protocol on the reduction of greenhouse gases. We haven't we haven't moved much forward since 2001 on that front. That's a very jagged line, but yeah, I guess hopefully that, the trend is <laughs> the long term is I positive. Guess, I guess that's true. I don't know. Uh, April 1st, the act on the opening up of marriage uh, goes into effect in the Netherlands, which becomes the first modern country to legalize same-sex marriage. Hmm. April 2nd, former president of Serbia and Montenegro, Slobodan Milosevic, surrenders to police special forces to be tried on charges of crimes against humanity. April 19th, the multiple Tony Award-winning musical, The Producers by Mel Brooks and Thomas Meehan, starring Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick, opens on Broadway at the St. James Theater, and all I can think is, eventually, Larry David <laughs> will be cast to be in The Producers on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Sure. So for that alone, I'm glad that The Producers exist. And then many years later, a terrible movie. Uh, I've never seen the movie. Is it, I've is only it, seen the movie. I've uh, never seen the, the theatric per, per, per no, but performance. It's sorry. so bad. Really? It's so bad. I mean, I was like, is this... I, I, How was this successful? I, I saw the movie on like, is everyone nuts? And this is just, this play is just bad. And then I went online and read and everyone's like, why is this so bad? The play was so great. And this movie is so bad. I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy. This movie is <laughs> Did you bad. think it was maybe meta or trying to be like bad intentionally to make the movie fails? <laughs> because <laughs> Maybe. Uh, art imitating art? Is that what that would be? I'm I mean, not sure. I'm also a fan of the original 60s movie that the play was based on. So it's like, do we need another producer's? I mean, but that one wasn't a musical or it wasn't as much of a musical anyway. So I don't I have never seen that one either. So the, the original is pretty good. I mean, it's very dated in the 60s, but it's good. Is there like go go dancing? Is it dated in the 60s that way? <laughs> no, or? no. It's just more like the filmmaking style. And, you know, it's a low budget, yeah. relatively low budget 60s movie. So, you know, it's not very, it's not as slick as the, uh, the modern movie. That's for sure. Fair enough. Uh, all right. I, uh, so the number one single at this time, my notes are incorrect. Uh, I must not have hit save because I've got two songs on here, but it's okay. Cause I remember that the New York times bestseller was definitely a Stephen King novel. And it's aggravating me because I remember typing out Stephen King. Oh, what would have been 2001? Uh, it, the, the problem is I would say like, Oh, it should stick out. But literally that year when I went down, it was like the first part of the year was, it was Clancy. Then it was a Grisham. Then it was a James Patterson, like right before Stephen King. So it was clear. It's just like the publishing houses are just, whose turn is it to release something by yeah, one yeah, of their yeah. authors? Get out of each other's way. Yeah. I'm uh, just trying to think. I mean, I'm not a huge Stephen King fan, but I know some of them. It, it was not. It would have been before his car accident, so it wouldn't be a Dark Tower book. No, no, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I, I could obviously been. look it up. I don't, I don't think it matters that much. It was certainly not like a 
book that I had ever heard of. Oh, okay. Uh, that doesn't mean anything because I'm not really all that well. I'm not he's, all that well read, but he's written a lot of books. Yes. Like I, I wonder if I would have heard of it. It's possible that I wouldn't have. And I, you know, I've read, I've read a fair amount of King. So yes, uh, so Butter by BTS is not the top single because <laughs> that is clearly from Suicide Squad that we just did. So that should be off my notes. But it is a Janet Jackson song, All for You. And I'm going to use this for a moment because I know that my wife refuses to listen to these episodes, so I'm going to make it publicly known that her birthday present is tickets to see Janet Jackson live on her tour that will be happening later here in the United States. Oh, nice. And it's great that I can let like the entire world know, and the surprise is not going to be ruined because she doesn't listen to the show, <laughs> and nobody, none of her friends listen to the show. So I feel that this is uh, somewhat entertaining to me that I can let this cat out of the bag tie it to the show and the surprise still is not going to be ruined. Well, I feel privileged that I'm basically the only person who who has to keep the secret because the listeners don't have to. Uh, uh, no, you're right. No, now now you've put the burden on me. I have to keep the secret. Yes. But the, the, I mean, I'm first of all, very good at keeping secrets. And second of all, when would that ever <laughs> come up in any context? So fantastic. You, where, probably, where, you probably forget it anyway. Where is she? That's also true. Where, where is she uh, playing? So she's touring, you know, a number of cities. Uh, I ultimately elected for, uh, she's doing Chicago, and Milwaukee uh, Memorial Day weekend, and I picked mostly because I, I don't. The few times I've been down, I think she's playing in Tinley Park. I have not. Lo- I, I'm oh, not no. a music fan, so it's not a good venue. Knowing that that's not a good venue, being a non-music fan who barely has ever gone to a concert, I said I'm going to take my ch- you know chances up at uh, wherever Summerfest is held up in in Milwaukee. Um, you know, right right on. The, I mean, that's that's. That's their like premier, you know, venue. It, it may not be a good one either. I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to take my chances yeah, with that one. I've heard that's a good place to see a show. I've never actually seen one there myself, but gotcha. yeah, I mean, we got our high school diplomas at the at the Tinley Park. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, wow. it, it was called the World Theater. I forget what it's called now. It's some it brand. was the Tweeter Center. It was the World Music yeah, Theater. Probably when we graduated, some branded. BS it might now. be First Midwest Bank. For a I while, it was one of the banks. I don't know it's either. Changed names like eight times, but yeah, we, we got our high school diplomas on that stage. So it's, I can't take any band seriously. It's just like, look at this. You know, like Janet Jackson, I feel like is better than the same. She should be performing on a stage that's not the same one that we were handed our high school diplomas on. I I agree with you, but I'm like 99 percent sure that's where it was. So now we'll we'll go up. To oh Milwaukee. yeah, if it's in Tinley Park, it's there. There's no place. No, I, but <laughs> any place else would be way too tiny. It's there's only one venue that Janet Jackson would play in Tinley. Park. In Tinley, no. What I'm saying is, I think that it was that it wasn't one of the ones in Chicago. I'm 99 percent sure it was down there. I'm like, yeah, I'm not it there. makes sense. They're, they're they're catering more towards older uh, yeah. suburbanites than you know people Without who don't want to fight their way into the city <laughs> so, Without a doubt. Yeah. and i'm sure that that's who her target market is 100 percent. So. yeah so that's it that's what was going on uh in late april march ish uh, 2001 okay let's... all right and you ready for uh the big picture let's move on you want to talk we'll talk i'm a sucker for good conversation all right it's time for the big picture this is where we the epic man the part of the, the segment of the show, it's a segment, Olson, segment, segment of the show. <laughs> just start over if you want. Yeah, it's too late now. Uh, segment of the show where we discuss the plot of the movie. I will get us started. I will try for my three line, and then we will actually be able to discuss. Please All do. Of- I think I need it in this case to be All reminded right. of this. What 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 happened in this mushy movie? Okay, so it is very difficult. So I, I mean, did, mushy not in terms of like lovey dovey. I mean, mushy in terms at, of like at everything. times it was trying to be that. That's but, true, but I mean, just indistinct and everything's very vague. Without a doubt. So. I opened, I said, it's a mix of Days of Thunder, Rocky, and some nondescript breakup film. Jimmy Bly is a rookie cart 
car driver who wins until he doesn't from some unexplained reason. <laughs> his rival, Bo Brandenburg, doesn't win until he bails on his marriage engagement. Joe Tonto is brought in to mentor Jimmy Bly and mend relationships. That about covers it. Oh, <laughs> and then and then you always say that. Is that actually true? Do you think that I covered most of it in three? I sentences? think you covered most of it. In this I case. actually kind of. There do are too. a bunch of different events that you, it's yeah. different people win or lose these specific races. Well, well only well, two. I mean, it's, it's different people. It's one of two guys, <laughs> right? Basically. Uh, well, yeah. No, presumably, it's one, it's one of two guys. Presumably, I don't think we learn the winner of every single event, but presumably, it's like Bo, Bo will be in the lead, and then Jimmy will crash. It's like, only, well, we assume that he won. The them. only one of the ones that we see that you don't, and you have to. I had to assume that neither one of them won. Is the one where both inexplicably, <laughs> oh, right? Yes. Inexplic- of course, neither of them won that race. Yeah, I'm assuming because what's also but, interesting is that the race just continues to go on, even though fuel and a. F- I had the exact same thought. This is, I mean, it's all so it's still zipping around the track. I mean, that's the where that's the point. Well, well, let's get to there. But I mean, that's the point where the movie lost me was the ridiculous. Oh, it was uh, Memo's insane. crash. It was insane because that's the fourth driver that the movie covers is Memo, yes. which, which they talk about a lot before we meet him. It's like who are they even talking about? And then it's just like, hello, I'm Memo. He's kind of likable too. I kind I like Memo. That's the thing. I wish we would have got a little bit more of him. I agree. I but I also think that that character. Is, should not. It should have been combined with Tonto and. I, I agree. I mean, really, I think what well, let's talk about this what this movie is first before okay. I talk about what I wish it would it had been, but I mean, yeah, we start with like a huge montage of like here's catching you up on what's happening. There's Brandenburg and Bly and their rivals and Bly's a rookie and he had like a couple of shocking victories. And he's suddenly thrust into the limelight, and he's uncomfortable about it. And I guess that's the problem: is he's apparently he's so unsure of himself, even though he's like the hottest thing. And like the thing that I don't buy about it is you can't drive those cars at all if you have even an ounce of self doubt. You would th- you would think <laughs> you, that's the case. You wouldn't right? you wouldn't feel safe. You'd be like, I don't trust myself. Right. If you had that much self doubt, you wouldn't even get in the behind the wheel. So, you know, I I think, I guess I'm just going to talk about now what I wish this movie was, but I feel like it would have made a lot more sense if Jimmy Bly was like this hot shot, you know, he's a rookie and he's already won his first race and he's just like, I'm not going to listen to my, he's reckless. Know, he's reckless and he's, he's, I know better than the, my team and I'm going to do what I want yeah. and they're getting frustrated with it and it's like, this isn't sustainable. We got to bring in old Joe Tonto to, to coach him up. Dust and, off the old fossil. And if he had been kind of the similar guy, because we get hints that, because, okay, they bring in Tonto too, which is played by Stallone and he's there to mentor fly like you said and we get hints that he his character was a little more wild yes and then he kind of matured at some point and so i feel like that would have made sense if if jimmy was wild and it's like here's this guy i say i've been through all this i was you and it didn't work out for me and i'm gonna try and you know learn from my example that would make a lot of sense but it's the exact opposite he's like i don't know why he's unsure of himself you're the, the the most you're the second best racer clearly possibly the best and you're a rookie you're doing great what do you have to be unsure of it it is completely unexplained from yeah. any of that montage that that i mean it doesn't necessarily need to be explained like some people are just not sure of themselves i just don't know if <laughs> those people would I, I guess it would have to be explained how did he end ascend up ascend to that <laughs> being the greatest great driver while also yes. being so unsure of yourself it just doesn't make sense no. the premise just is, is faulty uh, I I wholeheartedly agree but anyway yeah and he's got his brother who's like DeMille DeMille yes I could for whatever reason it's such an unusual name and I could never yes. remember his name 
And they never say his last name, but, you know. Presumably, he's DeMille Bly. It, yeah, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't but, have to be, but yeah. But no, so it, but I could see where you'd be confused. Is that his last name? Because it is an unusual first name for right. a character, sure. But he's trying to, like, push him into all these endorsement deals. And he's, yeah, like, he's trying to build a brand, which, which well, to me was a little interesting. Because this feels a little early for the, you know... You need to be a brand. It it's certainly a thing, and probably even was then. Yeah, it was, it, it's an it's to an annoying level today of you know people people doing actually what Demille is trying to you know barely having established yourself and like oh don't worry about that you just need to be a brand. It doesn't matter if you're actually good at anything. You yeah. just need to be establish your brand. I mean, I think it was going on then. The difference is the ubiquity of the internet now, where like you now you have to manage your brand on the internet and your Twitter accounts and all these things that didn't exist back then. I think that's really the only difference. I mean, I, I, but that's the thing that I, I agree. Like it gets taken now to a ridiculous level and, and you know, uh, whereas there, I think it's more just, he's just trying to sign over his name to a bunch of endorsements. Yeah, I guess that's, he wants to, cause he's, it's his feet, his, his <laughs> eye, he starts with the eyes too. It's like, oh my God, are they going to gouge his eyes out? What are you talking about? He needs those to drive. <laughs> you would think that that's a key. It yeah. was, it was, it's like his eyes and his hands. It's like, DeMille, the, you can't sell those organs and body parts off. He needs those to try. <laughs> and his feet for the pedals. Yeah, all, all those most important. I mean, but I guess those are the things that endorse, you know, these are the things that make him a great driver. So we want to, you know, use Jimmy Bly's or, you know, sunglasses slash shoes slash gloves, whatever, rich watch yeah. uh, spokesman. But anyway, yeah, he, at the beginning, there's too much, this montage at the beginning was too much. I don't think they should have like basically half of the season is covered in this opening montage. It's kind of like I think blow it's even th- more. It's yeah. at least half. At least half. Yeah, it's too much. They just blow through all this stuff of just like this is happening. This is happening. It's like who is who? I don't even know who is the good. Who is the hero? Turns out, kind of neither of them. Both of them. I don't know. Still, you know, because neither of them is really a villain. But when we start, when the actual movie starts, and there's you know after the montage, uh, Jimmy Bly has one three in a row, and then he or something like that, two or three yeah, in a row. I think it's three in a row. And then Brandenburg finally won one after he after he broke up with his fiance. Oh yeah, because I mean that that's as I that's said right. that's the only way he wins is if he dumps his fiance. And suddenly Jimmy Bly's team, uh, uh, Burt Reynolds, Carl is in a panic. Like we got to <laughs> fix this. He lost one race out of four. I know. He's he's on a streak of three out of four. And it's like we got to fix this. This is a big problem. Like, what what is the problem? It's never clear. But, well, that's the thing is that's the reason why I have is, is I have questions on Carl and his expectations of a <laughs> racing team. Yeah, I, you expect to win every race. Apparently, I mean, even like even sp- football. There's only 16 games. Nobody expects the team to win all 16. Right. Yeah, and in a race where there's, I, I looked up a little bit about kart racing, although I, not much, so don't expect a lot of information. Well, well I'll just I think say you that just, right now. I think that you just t- <laughs> tipped your hand on whether or not yes. you did your assignment. It was an aborted assignment. Where I'm like, <laughs> eh, I don't, I don't care. But I did read a little bit, and I think you know, generally, like most kart, you know, different seasons there'd be a different number of teams, probably like ten to fourteen teams, right? So yeah, you, the expectation there, let's say there's 10 teams, the expectation, a reasonable expectation would be one of 10 and you would win, right? Yes. I mean, if you're one of the best teams, maybe one out of three or four. Yeah, whatever. If you're, yeah, cause but I, but yeah. you're winning three out of four. I don't, even if that's a head-to-head, like a football team being three and one is pretty good. In baseball, you win a third, you lose a third, and the really good teams, exactly. they win more than half of that second, you know, that third third. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I think <laughs> win every race. I think this movie could have solved that by just saying Carl is just unreasonable. Like, what, what do you? Are you? You're nuts. Like he can't. Wait, st- if they had made it a point, but like, he can't stand to lose and one loss, and he goes nuts. And, you, I, know. you know. But see, I I think there's an actually a a smarter or at least a more reasonable. If you're going to have those unrealistic expectations, if that's what you want to have because you want to condense this down to the last four races, have it something that, like, literally he needs the purse or he needs to win because he's over-leveraged, right? He owes money. Sure. Have it be some, like, logical reason that his back is up against the wall. Yeah, stakes. This movie doesn't have stakes anywhere, and that's exactly what it needs. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and so if you come up with – and really, it probably comes down to money for a racing team. Have something – that and what's funny is that, you know I said that this is and it is it, it it's at best a poor man's days of thunder. They have that like before Cole figures it out, right? Randy Quaid is basically saying like this: I, I got you know I got we got to find a sponsor after this race or we're done because right. you know he basically was fronting all the money and he's like I'm going to be ruined. But even what's funny is actually that's probably a good comparison. Randy Quaid is an owner, even though he winds up stabbing Cole, you know, in the back because they needed, you know, old Carrie Always as Russ Wheeler to be like that third villain. Yeah. He still was a much more, not only just his expectations, but he, you know, he, he didn't wish any ill will. He was just trying to do what was best for the team financially. Right, right. financially. And so th- that all said is that like that is the formula was there. So, you know, I'm not some genius for coming up with it. The formula was already there. You were copying so much from Days of Thunder already. Why didn't you just copy that with Carl to make it more plausible of why he wants to win every single race? Yeah, and it's not like, because Jimmy, I forget what sponsor is on the car, Jimmy's car, but it's the uh, same. Nextel, I, Nextel at least at one point, I think. Which, or was it Motor, wasn't Motorola? The, there, I think in the final race, he was driving with Motorola as a sponsor, but one of because I think they have two cars, so they have two sponsors, and I think Tonto has the next, well, Memo, then Tonto has the Nextel car, okay. and then maybe, you're right, maybe Jimmy is Motorola, which well, is I- ironic. Uh, for those who don't remember, Nextel was, all I, c- I could just think, all I could think of was their commercials because their direct connect was what separated them from Sprint, Right. Uh, you know, I don't even know. It probably was Verizon, and I don't know if it was AT&T back then, because there was, like, Singular Wireless. There was a whole bunch. Right. Um, but there's, they were used, actually, on construction sites, because they were basically, like, walkie-talkies, mm-hmm. uh, and Sprint eventually bought them. But all I could think of was, like, the chirping sound from their commercials I when do I saw remember, next yeah, so, I do remember that. Anyway. Um, well, yeah, I mean, regard, I don't remember if it was Motorola. I could be misremembering, but I seem to remember it not changing at all. Like, Jimmy's car... I it, think I think you're right. You know, I I, I think it, you're so right. I missed it. I'm thinking of Joe. I'm the next L jumped out, because, but I think that's the second car. Is is the next L car? Okay. If if the if the sponsor changed at any point, I missed it. But I mean, it doesn't seem like as long as the sponsor is happy and right. it's you know uh, Jimmy's brother. Um, what is it? Demille. Demille. I'll never Cecil B. Demille. Come I know, on, but for some reason that doesn't stick. I don't know why it is. Um, but like, he's, I'm, I'm ready for my close up, Mister Demille. <laughs> I know it should, it should be memorable, but. For, I'm not going to try to explain how my brain works. I just cannot remember DeMille. In three minutes, I'll forget again. I can't remember. Is Did you finally get me to watch? Um, oh, yeah. Sunset Boulevard? Sunset Boulevard. Maybe, I think so. Yeah, I think I lent you to the Blu-ray. That's that's right. I'd never seen it. And it was it was great. It's a great movie. But now I can remember DeMille. From, <laughs> I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. Um, yeah, but anyway, DeMille is like forcing Jimmy to glad-hand all these uh, people who... Is, and be get, get, get glad-handed. Oh, yeah, too. oh, yeah. 
Yeah, which is another thing that I I think the movie doesn't really address is like he's become like the sex symbol, and yeah, he's being just kind no of ladies are just coming up to him like Ooh, and just fondling him, just literally fondling him. Oh yeah. Um, but then it's just kind of dropped. It's not even like a point of contention with him and uh, what's her name, Sophia, yeah, Estelle Sophia, Warren, who was Brandenburg's fiance, and then he broke up with her because he blamed her for the one loss that he had. Yeah, because I guess the three there's three in a row. His, right? his expectation is also apparently to win every race, right? Uh, and his conclusion is, well, I'm engaged, so I'm distracted, so we're done, right? But then he immediately regrets that. So he, but then, does he? Because he wins the next race. I guess so. But I mean, eventually he has a talk he, with Joe Tonto yeah. um, in Japan. And it's like, uh, I don't know, I, I, I miss her or whatever. Yeah. Then, I mean, how much do we want to get into the numerous uh, love, not even really love triangles? Because there's never any real conflict. It's like, well, he breaks, Brandenburg breaks up with so- Sophia. Yes, yeah, Sophia at the very beginning. Yes. And, and she and uh, Jimmy are at a bar and they start talking and they end up getting together. Um, and back to the whole like sex symbol thing, it never seems like it's any kind of like point of contention where she's like upset at all the attention no. that he gets. Never, never comes up again other than that opening scene. And then Bo misses her, and she just decides to go back to him. Eventually, yes. And I guess, and and it, it well, because he he does have he he tries to talk to her at the event in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, with the prototypes, and man, we can spend we'll probably spend most of the episode talking about that. I definitely want to talk about that. Uh, and yeah, so they, you know, there somehow he convinces her to take him back. I I didn't think any of his arguments were very convincing, but then again. You know, maybe unsaid is that she does not like the sex symbol, you know, stuff about Jimmy Blind. She says, yeah, maybe I'm going to go back to Bo. Well, she does admit to Jimmy that when they start seeing each other, she says something like, I never stopped loving him. Yeah, like, you're right. He broke it off with her and then he regretted it. And he's like, I'm sorry. I mean, you don't, yeah, you don't hear what they say. I did have the one moment that uh, I did find funny. One of the few funny moments, funny lines in the movie oh, is DeMille. <laughs> you already know, do it because you're, you're taking like, well, we're already talking about that scene. Yeah. That's why I jumped to, to mind. But um, I mean, you can say it if you're really no, 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 go, go for it. But it's, I'm know, glad <laughs> you and I like the same stuff in this movie. <laughs> it was one of the few funny lines because like <laughs> DeMille, uh, Jimmy's upset because the two of them are talking. Uh, Sophia and, and Brandenburg and you can't hear what they're saying but uh, Demille's like ah, don't worry about it like just put it out of your mind it's probably fine and then they look over and he's giving he's holding up a ring oh he's holding a ring that that can't be good or <laughs> you probably have the exact line my, my note actually so here my, my one note Demille makes me laugh for some reason here's the quote he's giving her a ring that's obviously not good <laughs> that's obviously it's, not good right the delivery is great but even the line I'll give some credit to Stallone <laughs> that line is great that's obviously not good <laughs> yeah because if he goes from trying to like don't worry they're just talking there's nothing yeah, happening yeah don't like don't make a scene here Right, you know, you you don't know, you know, they you don't know. I think he says before that line, he says you don't even know what they're talking about. Like, <laughs> right. don't worry about it. Stay focused. And then yes, he turns back over. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> it's obviously not good. It's yeah, obviously not good. Um, but there's that love triangle, which isn't really much of a love triangle because it's never like there's any point where she's like conflicted. Like I think the whole time she wants to be with Bo, and the yeah, only reason she, it she's does, with Jimmy is because Bo broke it off with her. And, and even that, I never. It, it's mushy and unclear in a lot of ways. Yeah, but it did. It, you know, I know Bo gets pissed off and he assumes that they're dating, but like the times that you see them out, you know, doing stuff, it does kind of seem like they're hanging out, meaning like it's not really even clear that they're actually dating. Meaning mean, J- Jimmy and Sophia, they're, they're going out and doing things together, but it's very unclear if it's anything other than it's like, oh, you you live in the same kind of world. Yeah. So you understand what's going on. So we're hanging out. Do you mean the movie's not making it clear that they're dating or that it wouldn't be clear to him? 
Uh, I think, that, well, at least for me, the movie was making it clear that they were hanging out. I, to me, it it didn't f- feel like Sophia was really, really attracted to Jimmy, and that they were very seriously dating. Is I guess what I, I took it as. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, but I, mean, I guess I, maybe I jumped to the conclusion that they were, you know romantically involved in some way even if it was kind of a casual like she's just kind of like taking it very slow or whatever yeah could be I think it's certainly from his point of view he was hoping if, if it wasn't romantic he yes. was hoping it would lead to something that, romantic that's fair because his reaction there at that, that event for sure definitely says that so. yeah but before we get to his reaction let's, let's talk about some of the other things going on we got Tonto and there's this like sort of love interest Luke who was she even doing in the movie it's I think pretty clear I'm guessing, I don't know this for sure, but I'm guessing there was a much more elaborate love story there that got cut out of the movie. Well, I, I have a lot of questions of that character for sure. But yes, she's she's a journalist writing a story and about masculinity in sports or something? Like what? Is it? Was it male dominance? Male in sport? dominance. I think it was in male sports. dominance in sports. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess, you know, I'll skip around. Here's my first question How are you a journalist? And I've, I never at any point in the movie see you recording or taking any notes whatsoever. <laughs> I think she has when they when she and Dotanto play. Is this Gonzo play, journalism? You I, just dive right in? Well, I think it is kind of like that, uh, something like that. She's trying to embed herself for the whole season and really see the big picture of it. But um, no, I think when they're talking and they're playing pool in that bar, she's got a recorder on the Did side she, of the okay, pool Okay, I, I, I missed th- that then. I think that's the only time you see that. But I think eventually... I, I assume the idea was that she stopped, it stopped being a story and it started being a relationship or some, you know, some uh, the beginnings of a romance. But the, the, it's never acknowledged that's the case. Well, the, the the moment where I went, oh, this is a love story that got cut was at the end of the movie, not the jump to the end, but um, <laughs> Joe Tonto gets out of his car and she's like, "Hey, you did it!" and then hard cut away, and then like other stuff's going on, and then he's just like, "Oh, I guess I better go up on the the podium," and I'm going like. She had more to say there. It was such an awkward cut. Was like, just ask this scientician. Uh, it was very much. Yeah, she's like, you did it. It just cuts. It was like, I have nothing else to say because we were supposed to be in a romance and they got cut out of the movie. Anyway, so there's that going on and Gina Gershon is around as his as, as Tonto's Joe's ex-wife. Ex-wife who is now <laughs> dating Memo, who is the original team, the second driver on the team who gets replaced by Joe Tonto. And so for that, I want to highlight now, it doesn't it doesn't make the connection in IMDb. I disagree with this. I'm I I am a well, I shouldn't say 100% certain. I think that uh, Talladega Nights had to steal that the concept ironic from this movie um, with the relationship between Ricky Bobby, his wife, uh, then ex-wife, and then uh, John C. Riley. Uh, oh man, why am I going to forget the character's name? I don't know. I saw it once a long time ago. Oh really? I'd know it if I heard it. Oh man! I want to say Cole Trickle since it's such a no, ridiculous name. <laughs> and the, the problem the problem is, I remember one of Riley's jokes is you know that he admits that he posed for for Playboy and his name was Mike Honcho. So I actually remember his <laughs> Mike Honcho is so awesome. And you can imagine John Riley delivering. Yeah. I spread my butt cheeks and my name was Mike Honcho. <laughs> So I and, see that again. And, I don't remember much about it. I I always I always like Talladega Nights, but that that dynamic of the you know marrying the other driver that was on you know the the same racing team and whatever. Right. It it felt like for whatever reason they watched Driven and said, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna borrow that." <laughs> well, she and, says like he's a younger, better you. Yes. And but he but Joe Tonto broke it off with her. 
and Memo isn't like upset about it. like not, none of these love triangles have any tension or any no, drama. To them. Everybody's okay. Yeah, with everyone's it. like, oh, good for you. I'm glad you found someone. Like, he, I'm he, glad you're happy now. Well, he's like, do you love him? And I'm like, is he jealous or is? He, and, but then I think it becomes clear they're like, no, he's just concerned for her. Well, even though the, she's kind of that's unclear too because there's moments where it seems like maybe he might be you know interested and think that he made a mistake. But then there's also times where, you know, she's jealous of the journalist, journalist Luke, and, I mean, she gets extremely nasty. That's true, yeah. There's that scene in the bathroom. There's the bathroom. There's before that, you know, because at that same event where I think she says something to the effect in front of her, you know, if you don't close it by midnight, then you're not going to, and it's probably not worth it anyway. It's cool, man. Yeah. She's going for the jugular. I forgot about that. Well, the other thing about all these love triangles are like, you know, just ladies going from one guy to another throughout this whole movie is it makes this this particular racing team everything feels so incestuous like not literally but almost because it's just like maybe that's the reason your racing team has got problems carl henry maybe you should go ahead and like game of thrones lineages going on is that what you're getting at (laughs) no (laughs) this is a family tree that goes straight up and down What do you say? I am saying oh, too much drama. There's too much drama and distraction that <laughs> okay. maybe you should say, "All right, let's not date people at work." Maybe that's what Carl should be fixing. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It, in this movie, nobody exists outside of this racing team and Brandenburg. Right. You've got one rival. Well, no, there there are a few people that exist, but there there are very few that exist. Very few. Because yeah. there's one other comedic moment. I don't want to. I don't want to cover you. There were two moments that I thought. You got one of them with the mill. There was a couple others with the mill, but there was one other. Okay, I'm curious. I don't think I have anything else. All right. Well, I, the I, one time I, I want to save it. I don't have a, now a ton of great little details. I want to save that one. So. Okay. Well, I'm curious. Yeah, I laughed exactly once in this okay. movie, and it was that DeMille line. Um, but anyway, let's go back to uh, Chicago. And uh, so Jimmy is upset that uh, Sophia went back to Bo, yes. and he jumps in the prototype. Uh, I almost called it an F1 car. It's not an F1 car. It's an Indy car. Yes. And so the prototypes are being unveiled at this gala in Chicago. Uh, yes, he jumps on one and goes for a joyride through the streets of downtown Chicago and <laughs> quote unquote other places for sure. <laughs> yes. You want to talk about abrupt cuts. I definitely have one of those in a little detail. Oh, but th- with this chase through Chicago. Yes. Okay. I don't think I noticed any cuts. I did notice none of this looks like Chicago to a concerning degree. It's just like, you know, the, you know, the three mile long tunnels that are all over Chicago. <laughs> uh, one of those tunnels is where it is an abrupt cut that it's uh, like, Oh, this click. <laughs> Fortune was clearly not. Oh, Chicago. I think I know. It goes from like a tunnel to like some work site, like a, like a loading dock, and it's just like, how did we get here? <laughs> well, there's that, but there's, all right, whatever. I'll, I'll cover it now. There's one. It it's totally meaningless. I don't even understand why they would film it, but it's this long tunnel that, by the way, does not exist in Chicago. There's only one yeah. car going through that tunnel, and they have this like moment where the couple like driving look, and oh my, there's two Indy cars. Right. So you they get to the end of the tunnel. It's clearly clearly daylight at the end of the tunnel and then cut to outside and now it's supposed to be i think it actually those that exterior might have been downtown chicago and it's it's pitch black again because it's nighttime it's like oh my god this was terrible i didn't notice that daytime shot that's funny i did i I completely missed it it is just as like the exit of the tunnel there's only one shot that is definitely a shot of chicago and it's a helicopter shot looking down at the bridges over the bridges without the river but they cgi'd two two cars (laughs) They did not. That's a stock shot. That's you know. That's file footage. They found that somewhere, and then they just stuck into the, the two two indie cars going over the bridge. 
Um, no, otherwise, I was looking like, where is this in Chicago? I'm looking at the backgrounds and going like, what neighborhood does this even remotely look like? No, none of this was filmed in Chicago. I think that's clear. No, and they it was trying to portray downtown as well, so it wouldn't have been any of the, the, the neighborhoods. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you would think, like, where would they have this event? Like, it's got to yeah. be in McCormick, right? Like, where else would you even Somewhere have there. It? And yeah. then, yeah, he's all, they've also got to find, you're right, somewhere near the loop, they've got to find a load, you know, this low, really long, long loading dock of why semi-trucks. S- why set this in Chicago? I mean, maybe just Stallone doesn't have a lot of experience with Chicago, and like, ah, oh, it's as good a place as any. But, like, Chicago is a very unique, like, it has a very unique, unique look, and in particular, when you're doing car chases yep. like the movies that have done car chases here like literally set in Chicago like the Blues Brothers or even like the Dark Knight which is obviously yeah. a fictional version of Chicago there's so much you can do you know you've got you've got the lower streets lower Wacker you've yeah. got Lakeshore Drive you've got um, you know there's uh, a lot of distinguishable things you've got you the, call out. you've got the bridges you've got uh, L tracks you've got things that are unique to the city where it's like that's definitely Chicago <laughs> you know Running Scare is another movie where they drive on the L tracks and they're doing the chase on the L tracks it's like, why even set it in Chicago if you're not going to use Chicago? It didn't make sense to me, especially since the first race that we see is at the Chicago Motor Speedway, which is actually Cicero in Cicero, Illinois, or was. It's no longer there. Sure. Um, that's what it was called. Yeah. No, it was called. But my point is, is why then bring it back? So you, like three or four races ago, you had. So why are you having <laughs> right. this gala? Schedule the like, event. <laughs> right. When you're actually <laughs> right. Ra- that was one of my questions. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Why and, not schedule it so that they go inside? You would think you'd have this unveiling like either before or after this race at the Chicagoland Motor Speedway. That's a good point. Yeah. I never. So, I didn't realize. I mean, yeah, I mean it's that, silly to send them back. But. That, that was the only logical reason. But then, even to me, that kind of got shut down because the final race is in Detroit. Yeah. So it's not like it was like, oh, this is the only American city because you go to Tokyo, you go to you know Germany. Although it's questionable whether it's Germany because I have some questions in the little details. Oh, it's there. definitely not Tokyo or Germany or Australia either. None of those places. They didn't leave North America. Yes. I think most. I, I I would bet a lot of this was filmed in Canada. That chase, that Chicago chase, felt like Toronto, Toronto? passing for you, Chicago. I, I didn't look to see filming locations, but I bet you you're right. I didn't either, but that's how it felt. Right. Um, anyway, yeah. So the the chase it's, it's, somehow Joe Tonto gives a big speech after in the middle of Chicago in an intersection, yes. giving Jimmy a speech that's supposed to be thrilling. Although and he I'm gives not, him a little trophy. That's true. He gives him a little trophy. It was like this is the last time I only drove. What was that? For so, pure <laughs> for the enjoyment of it or something. Oh, no, was it? You got to get back. You know, to it was a pure victory. I think is what he said. Okay, and he's got to get back to that. Like I, I didn't understand what he was saying half the time. Then it's just like you know, it was mushy nonsense, like the rest of the movie. Yeah, and then it's just like, um, what was it? It's contagious. Is it like hope or like belief? Oh. Something. It's contagious, and once you, if you can believe, oh yeah, he everybody else around believes. Faith. No, it was faith. Faith? It's faith. Because there were two tenants. One of them was faith, and I don't remember what the first one is. Faith is, yes, that it, it becomes contagious, and then you know people around up are believing you know, in you. Yeah. Regardless, the idea is that this really turns Jimmy around from whatever, whatever mysterious problems he had to... You know, now I guess now he can race again. <laughs> it seemed like he was doing just fine, but he's yes. coming in second. <laughs> the terrible crime of coming in second place. <laughs> um, yeah, and now he's like his brother is getting upset that Joe Tonto is getting more attention. Like you're adults, like you would think so. Well, is there's really a bit that much of a problem anyway? Um, What's and funny is that of all of so all of the love triangles that really weren't all that you know tense. Tense. It's ironic that the the person who gets most jealous in this movie is Demille. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> all of the other you know machinations that are going on between you know 
various wives, ex-wives, girlfriends, wives-to-be, whatever, yeah. and <laughs> there there's not much tension, but DeMille gets really jealous of Joe Tonto. Yeah, the, the, the DeMille, Joe Tonto, Jimmy Bly uh, love, love triangle, triangle is the, the most uh, tension-contentious. Yeah. Anyway, and then yeah, some more races, and uh, well, and then Memo gets promoted back up for reasons I don't remember why. Carl, the owner, was like, "Now, now Joe's on the sideline. Yeah, it never, Stallone, get out of here. It's not really explained. It, no, it really isn't. I don't know if it's because of his driving or because. Well, and the thing is, like, they took a joyride. They took Indy cars through a joyride. They were fined twenty five thousand dollars. Twenty five thousand dollars. It does not seem like much. I don't know how much they're they're uh, taken from these prizes, the prizes, but it's, I'm sure just, a lot. Just more. think about what I mean. I know that it's different, but think about the fines that you get in the NFL and the NBA for like arguing with officials or not showing up to a press conference. <laughs> exactly. They stole two cars and destroyed. Well, they didn't destroy a city, but they were flipping uh, up sewer yeah, caps. Manholes are going. Who knows where that manhole ended up? God only knows. You know, they, they 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 mildly destroyed the bottom of a tractor trailer. You know, yes. they there was glass that was you know exploding in bus stops. A poor street vendor with newspapers and magazines. Yeah, just had <laughs> inventory destroyed. You know, just the trauma inflicted on you know, uh, motorists. There was like a Marilyn Monroe scene of some poor oh, woman. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of that in this movie. It's, oh, I very, very much so. Like, you know, I don't remember, uh, um, what's his name, the director? Ren, uh, Rennie Harlan. Harlan, sorry. Um, I don't remember him being this, like, kind of, I don't know, just like, the creepy old man. Maybe it's because it's, it's, it's later in his career. Like, Cliff Agner didn't lot, have a lot of that. Die Hard 2 doesn't have a lot of that. What else has he directed? Like, no, you're right. I, I get a feeling or a sense that because of this, what the target market was supposed to be yeah. for a racing movie, that's probably why. Could be. Cars and women go yeah. together and yeah. like nuts and gum. <laughs> I'm a white male, 18 to 49. <laughs> I mean, there you go. <laughs> that's the target the market. Auto, auto white racing. male, ages 18 to 49. Yeah. Everyone listens to what I say. Yeah, <laughs> don't blow up as many skirts in this movie as you can, and cars. Those those two oh, yeah. things. How many skirts and cars can we blow up? That's the thing, though. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just I don't, I'm not into cars, but like, I can understand why someone who's into cars would like drool over like I don't know the latest Mustang or whatever. And it's like you know they look different every year, and there's you know, something you can actually buy and drive. These you know open wheel cars where it's just like they all kind of look the same. I'm sure they have differences under the hood, but I don't think they have that much differences because much like NASCAR, they kind of control what you can and can't do. So it's like they're all kind of the same car. And I don't know. I, that that whole kind of like car culture thing seems very absent in this movie as compared to like Fast and Furious. Like yeah. it makes more sense. You know, Fast and Furious have, movies have these things too where they'll just cut to the, we're, we're going to Dubai and then bram, 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 just ladies in the bikinis or whatever <laughs> dancing near cars. But like that image makes sense to me of like, a scantily clad lady dancing to hip hop next to a Ferrari. It's like, that makes sense. Next to an F1 car, it just does not make sense to me. I don't know what it is. I, I understand. So by the, by the end, the, so I, I don't know. I don't, do you want to cover? Well, we got to talk about memos crash. Well, that's the thing is you want to talk about it now or is it little details? Is, is not, now's the time. All right. I probably, I all right. It it's beyond absurd. <laughs> this is the word the movie lost me. I was like, this isn't terrible. I was watching, going like, this has really? this has a lot of silly stuff, the CGI manhole covers and all this. But I'm going like, ah, wait, that's, wait, that's wait, a product wait, wait. of its time. CGI manhole covers, CGI quarters, quarters, CGI raindrops. Oh, that was ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, it's I just it was an and so we get the la- and actually this is so many of my notes are going to be gone by the time we get there. every time we do this in the plot summary. I burn through all my stuff. That's fine. That's including I've, memos crash. You have a tire pop up in. Into the air, so terrible. Was that that crash, or was it the crash in the same race earlier? 
Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe it is earlier. It's that. I think it's that race. It's that race. Yeah. And well, it pops up in the air and goes into the stands. I have that guy's name who crashes, or it's just like you know, uh, I don't know, Bill Smith, or whatever. Just like look at oh, this movie. Any crash that has does not involve our characters, this movie is like way into it. Like yeah, look at that guy. He gets launched fifty feet in the air. A and tire gets goes into the stands. Yeah, they would they would stop the race. They'd be like, oh, we need to. Everyone would leave. And be like, hey, we need to justify. Like hey, you're, you'll be safe don't worry no That's, more tires will go into the stands and in particular what's great is you're right they get all excited and what's funny is all of those are the actual drivers who actually do this so the movie is saying oh yeah all the real drivers who do this for a living let's cheer them wrecking yeah <laughs> right and it's, it kind of sends the message that all they do is crash because they're not competing because yes, they're, they're not jimmy bly or bo brandenburg yeah we're never hearing their names because the, only two people are oh, well and then at the very end a third person but yeah, but that's the thing. Like, it, there's this dramatic scene where Memo, the the other driver on this team, he's replaced Stallone's he, character. He and, becomes Russ Wheeler, and all of a sudden now he's going to be the the bad driver. Yeah, and he's like, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna win this race and forget you know I, I'm not going to play for the team anymore. Which I feel like this should have been Tonto. It should have been like, I kind of the, the pitch I was giving earlier of like Jimmy is kind of a. a a brash kind of hothead. He's, he thinks he's, he needs to be reined in. He needs to be reined in. And I feel like Tonto could have been that. And maybe he starts to slip back into his old habits. Be like Jimmy's not getting it. He's not listening to me. Screw him. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take this. And if, if, if it was Stallone in the hospital, so a character that we have been following and care about, I probably would have cared a little more, but Memo mean, has barely been in the movie. You mean like Rowdy Burns, Michael Rooker, a character that we exactly. actually care. Well, I mean, that's the thing. The more you flush this out, they copied so much and they missed like all of the good stuff. You know, Days of Thunder is not a perfect movie. I still like it, yeah. but like they missed all of what made that movie good. They completely whiffed on seeing what made that. It helps that, you know, Michael Rooker is an actor I think you and I both really like. That was actually the first movie that I really remember with Mike, Michael Rooker, sure. at least as a kid. Yeah. They, they completely miss it because you're right. Because even though he was the villain at that point, they had turned it where, you know, Russ Wheeler, who's actually supposed to be Cole's teammate, is now actually the villain. Yeah. But, you know, uh, Cole is driving, you know, Rowdy's car because the stakes are there too because Rowdy needs the money, right? Because he hasn't saved anything. He never... All of the stuff they completely missed. All of like the story and the stakes and yeah. the reason that you care. Because the fault is, is guys driving around a track and crashing. It's just not that interesting. Right? Who's gonna win? I don't care. <laughs> right. That's not. A, that's not enough. Is it? These aren't real people. Okay. I need something. Well, to... there's a few real people, and you keep wrecking their cars. <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, no, but like, yeah, putting Memo in this scene and having him be the one to crash. It's like he's barely been a character. Right. He just existed to slap to Jimmy's ass under the, the towel. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's all, a great description. That's all he's done. Is, and he's like a happy guy. Yeah. Locker room towel fight. The blinding of Larry Driscoll. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's a deep pull, but the Simpsons fans will know that one. I, I recognize it. <laughs> uh, Anytime I can get a Troy McClure, I will take that opportunity. Um, but yeah, Memo. Oh, I was saying, like, it's there's such a mismatch between the role that they're trying to have Memo play in the movie. Because he's... He's like going against his team, and he's like, I'm. He's going off script, and he's not doing right. what the the he's going Carl for him. But and yet his character is like the nicest. Oh, I'm so friendly. It's like, well, which one are you doing? It, it, what, so I had it. I described it. I think in my little details notes is it, it was almost as if, and I, the only character I don't remember Gina Gershon's. I don't think I have my, my notes. His, you know, his his current memos, current wife, Joe's ex wife. It was almost as if. 
like she had some like, he was a puppet and all of a sudden she was actually controlling him because she was the character that was far more to you know be the one to take what she wants yeah what, she's what, like win the race screw them like she's, yeah. she's the one really and it's encouraging like all him. of a sudden she, he's just going through the motions and she's controlling him in some way because <laughs> right. every other scene you see with Memo no he's this like laughable jovial guy he's losing his job he's okay with it he and likes then, Joe. And then even when he comes back before that race that he fully like tries to steal, he's just like, I'm here to just to support he's, you or whatever. He's yeah, he's like, yeah, just like, you're the man, Jimmy, or whatever. Yeah, he's, it's, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And then the, cra- the, the whole crash and the circumstances behind oh that. I mean, you know, you, you can suspend disbelief in a lot of things with movies. Just Not like, this much. No, this, this scene, who thought in any reality, I mean, it's a heightened reality, fine. The, the multiple people stopping the race because the, the the car is inaccessible to emergency personnel. It's right next to the track. It's just like a lagoon next to the track. And, and it's, it's what's funny is that you'd think that they would only do the lagoon trick once. The Detroit race has a body of water a car crashes into later. They you went to that well twice, Wait, no pun intended. The Detroit does it? Yes, it, it doesn't have like this fuel everywhere because it's some car that nobody cares because it's not the, one of the oh, three it's, cars. It's an anonymous person. Yeah, okay. but one of those crashes, I'm like, they've got another body of water. That, <laughs> they've learned nothing. They've learned absolutely nothing. Well, the, the thing is, the, the crash. I don't remember what city it was where the where Memo crashes, but you know, it's uh, in Germany. Oh, is it Germany? Okay, yeah. but like IndyCar. And they talk about it a little bit in the movie. That's the other thing. This movie does a terrible job is explaining the sports and like who the second driver, what's their job? What are they supposed to do? I've got questions about that later. But like, you know, IndyCar, it's like 50-50, maybe 60-40 street races to ovals, right? Yep. And like that's that's one way that it, it distinguishes itself from F1, which is only street races. Um, IndyCar's got some ovals. They do on like basically NASCAR tracks. Yep. Um, and it sure looked like that Germany race was an oval. So like of all the races to be like, we can't get to this place. It's inaccessible. It's like, how is it inaccessible? You're like in a stadium, right? Yeah, well, and also because I did do similar to you a little bit of reading because I'm like, there you. It can't be possibly true that they would run a race like this. No. In the rain, I looked it up. It is true they don't do it on the oval tracks. It would be the ones where they're more like street races. Where they don't go nearly as fast, that makes you know, because they're taking slower turns, yeah, and they do have rain tires. But even that, the, it was a relatively early article because there were some, you know, pretty nasty crashes. And like the headline article, and this was like from less than a year ago. Should kart racing continue to drive in the rain? Is basically what I'm saying. Well, based on Memo's crash, absolutely they shouldn't be running driving in the rain. 2001's Driven was trying to warn you. That's right. two decades ago. And also, uh, in it wasn't that article. It was another one I was reading. The fuel that they use, it it's not gasoline. Right. It, it, I did. I also saw that. It's, it's, Flammable and inflammable mean the same thing. What a country! I forget what they. Yeah, I forget what it is, but it's something that immediately mixes with water. water. It's yeah, it's like, soluble. Yeah, so so it would, would sink right. You know, it would mix right in. It with would it. not be flammable at all. That, his car explodes twice. It explodes <laughs> going into the lagoon, and then it explodes again when they're trying to rescue him. So it's like how much somehow fuel? he's burned in no way, shape, or form. <laughs> no. And please don't. There's take, so much ridiculous stuff about. Don't that take this that I wish ill on a care. I don't want to see people burn. Okay, I, but it's just if you're gonna have those kind of stakes, let's make it realistic. I mean, well, yeah, Jimmy seems to walk away with worse injuries than Memo from that crash. Yeah, kinda. 
I mean, Memo is in the hospital, but he seems fine. <laughs> That's the thing. It seems like he's just laying around in bed. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jimmy has to prove himself by hopping on one foot. Yes. Like Thrill. A, like a sprained ankle. I'm, I'm, I'm taking my notes. It's an exciting car race. And then here's, here's the thrilling hopping on one leg sequence. <laughs> it's like, but, but before that, see how fast he can get out of the car sequence. Then here's the oh, real right. thrill. How, how many can he jump on one foot ten times? I like how Carl in that scene is just like, you know, oh, he passes the rules for, and no, I sit my now rules. there's the Carl rules. What? So, yeah, this is the point where after Memo crashes and both Jimmy and Bo and uh, Joe, they all, so all three of them, get out to rescue Memo from the car, abandoning the race. Uh, no, it wouldn't be Tonto because he wasn't, Joe wasn't oh, right, driving. He wasn't racing. It was Jimmy and Bo. Right. That, that, aban- that abandoned the race. <laughs> they, right. they're, they, they care more about their fellow man than competitiveness. All the other drivers, they're just zipping around that track. None of the others care. The race officials, too. It doesn't seem like they even put out a caution flag. I don't, maybe they, they I missed didn't. it. It was in my little... Yeah. Like, oh my God. <laughs> they would have canceled the race. You would think so. They would have stopped the race. There's a tree on fire. <laughs> Just think about that for a second. It's so preposterous. I mean, there's a million details about that we'll cover later that are preposterous. It's the most one of the most preposterous scenes in a movie I've seen in a while. The more we're talking about it, it's so preposterous. I'm actually starting to like it a little bit more. But that's why I'm saying, like, pick a lane. You know, I'm not not to keep going to this dumb pun, but pick a lane. Make it Death Wish. Make it ridiculous. Like make it. Not, I mean, I mean, not literally like in the future, but make it just a super heightened like speed racer or something. Yeah. You know, just like style over substance. We're not trying to match reality in any way. Yeah. If, if that's this what isn't you want, real racing. This is like a fantasy. world. Yeah. If that's what you want to do, or not even a fantasy world, but just like you know, it's obviously you know just heightened to yeah. the nth degree. Um. Yeah, and then th- this whole thing with Carl. I should probably save it for later, but I can't help myself where he's just like, you know, Jimmy, he screwed us. He st- he got out of his car and he, you know, he put memo over like the, the team or whatever. I'm going to go sign Bo. I'm like, he also did that. <laughs> he also jumped out of his car. I didn't have that. That's amazing. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> like Bo and I'm signing Bo. He did, Jimmy jumped out of his car and abandoned the race. Of all the people, I'm sure there's other talented people you could sign. Well, see all those other ones zipping yeah. around the track. Some, when, someone else must have won that race. I think s- Andretti. He seems like he might win a race or two. Sure, right? yeah, sign him. Um, that was. I mean, it, it was a one-two punch of like the most over-the-top, preposterous, like you know, just just things exploding and flying through the air and gasoline and trees, yeah, falling. To, to Carl's unbelievable like decision and the, the rationale behind that decision being ridiculous. But yeah. you're right, he kind of reveals himself to be sort of the villain of the movie, but then there's no real moment where they... Because at this point, Memo is just... He, he's he's going to be okay, and it's like they're going to rally, and there's a final race, and Jimmy wins the race. But why wasn't there a moment where they're like, take that, Carl, and guess what? You're stuck with me. Or, oh, we're going to go race for another team and stick it to you next season or something. You, you get that a little bit because you, the one thing you skipped over is DeMille is also bailing on his brother. He's right. trying to broker the deal to sign Brandenburg, and then... Sophia, I, I, I took it as that, you know, they were either le- stringing them along or whatever. The, the deal actually wasn't going to happen because yeah, Sophia... Yeah, they, pl- they played them. Yeah, they played them. And so I think it, it's unclear because it's not... It's more of like a DeMille, you know, getting his comeuppance. Carl never really does because it, it doesn't... The movie doesn't make it clear, oh, well, now... Now, actually, Carl has, like, no drivers because he thought he, <laughs> right. thought he was getting Bo. He's not getting him. He fired Jimmy. I'm guessing Memo is probably also not on the team, and Joe clearly isn't on the team. Right. 
yeah, so you have to deduce to that yourself that. that he doesn't like have any drivers. Yeah, but the thing is, is he seems okay with it. At like the end of that last race, he's out there in his wheelchair and he seems to be happy. So it's unclear if he really got his comeuppance. Yeah, it's almost like the movie isn't treating it like it's such a bad thing. He's just like, well, he made a decision and, you know, it's... And, you know, I don't mind trying to make everyone have their own point of view and having nobody be a straight-up villain. Um, yeah, I mean, there's like a couple characters that are war villainous. So I, I'm fine with that. I just... You need to really justify, okay, if he's making a decision like that that is kind of a real jackass move, you got to really have, have the, his point of view, like, locked down to explain... Why? And justify why he's behaving that way. And so, yeah. Anyway, yeah. And so that's that's basically it. I don't know. I don't think we. I think anything. that's it. Nope. That's that's driven. That is driven. Also, another uh, Stallone, uh, Rennie Harlan movie with a double meaning title that doesn't really pay off in any way. At least, at least this in this movie, the characters are driven, sort of. Yeah, They're I, driven I see people. that. I see that. At least, you know, cliffhanger didn't have a cliffhanger, which still annoys me. <laughs> anyway, let's what move did you, on. Uh, all right, yeah, what? let's let. We'll, we'll, <laughs> What? what were you going to say? What did you want the cliffhanger to be? I just wanted to just have a little thing at the end. Oh, some One of the villains is alive. Okay. Not necessarily Lithgow, but somebody. Uh Oh. Who was the, like, U.S. Marshal? Or F- maybe that guy is who you could have had, like, still hanging around. Oh, the guy who, like, was in the, ins- the inside the, guy? The inside guy, yeah. Um, yeah, Kevin from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah, Re- uh, Rex Lynn. Man, yeah. uh, man, only because you just said Kevin. Nice pull. I can pull the opening credits is the only reason why. Yes, okay. Rex Lynn. I only remember his name from Better Call Saul because it's my name, but otherwise I would not be able to remember. <laughs> okay, well, we, we this is why we're a team, because you had just the piece of information I needed, vice versa. Well, I'm glad we got there. Yeah, just have him be alive at the end. Yeah. All right. If you're going to call your movie Cliffhanger... And on a cliffhanger. Come on, use the double meaning. So at least this movie used the double meaning. You know, I mean, it's a, For the dumb, most it's part. a dumb double, you know, yes. but whatever. All right, technology segment. Let's, right, let's do it. It's already up in the cloud. What cloud? What cloud? All right, yes, technology. This is the segment of the show where we discuss how changes in technology from the time the movie was made could have impacted the plot or other items. I actually have some for this one. I'm very, very excited. Oh, good, because I do not. All right, well, uh, not a lot, but I, I at least have, uh, I guess, three here. The, the first one, the we didn't talk about it, so this is a you know a good reason uh, to bring it up now. In various points in the movie, <laughs> Jimmy is working on a personal laptop, and he's got, I guess it's a racing simulator <laughs> that has... Yeah, the I, same level of quality CGI graphics uh, that the quarters, uh, the the sewer covers, it's really bad. And all I said is, I said racing simulation would seem to be a lot more useful today than when Jimmy Bly can pull up on his Windows 2000 laptop. Yeah, because it's really, really rudimentary. I mean, 2001. I was thinking about like what video games were coming out around then. It was like right at the beginning of like the PS2. And but yeah, you see, you see the simulator that they were using. It's, it looked like it's like Roblox. Uh, I don't remember Roblox, but oh, I, it's a current. Oh, uh, uh, I, I don't know Roblox. Okay, um, but I, it, it reminded me of uh, there's an arcade game. I think it was called Hard Driving. Mm, I don't know that one. I think there was Hard Driving. There was Test Driving, but it was like it was very very primitive, like polygon graphics, and it was like 
I don't even think it was one frame per second. Okay. It was like a frame every two seconds. Just like, and you like drive through like loops and it was so primitive. And I'm going like, this is, this looks like hard driving, but I mean, you know, a laptop probably couldn't handle much. I was like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll buy it. It probably seems so primitive. But again, it's also, it's like, why even have it? It's, I know it's probably trying to say, Oh, this is, and I know it's 20 plus years ago, but to show how cutting edge and high tech it is, but if it, I mean, I remember video games looking better than that in 2001. Oh, so yeah. the point is, if, if that's the best you can do, don't put that in the movie. Metal Gear Solid 2 came out in 2001. I know that because uh, it had to cut content because of 9-11. Okay. And it came out like a month after. So, I mean, that was six months after this movie came out, but still, it was the same year. Yeah. And that game still holds up. You can play that game now, yeah, and it's I like, mean, this looks like a relatively modern game. So, so you're saying that was the... The beginnings of PS2, or had it been out for a while? That was a PS2 game, and it was like, I don't know, probably a year or two. I think PS2 came out in 2000. Okay, so what I was going to say, I mean, I can just remember some of the Final Fantasy games that were on PS2 had some yeah, well, yeah. Were like really good, you know. It wasn't most of the game, but you know, when you did the cutscene to whatever video part of the story, it, it, it was a lot better than what Jimmy pulled up well, on his driving simulator. I don't know if you can compare a cutscene because that's pre-rendered, but I mean, even like the in-game like Final Fantasy VII graphics, yeah, that was definitely better than like a poly- <laughs> uh, you know, a car made out of 20 polygons, <laughs> you know, the, the hexagonal wheels. I mean, thinking about it, actually Mario Kart probably actually looks better on like the oh, Super Nintendo. 100%. Mario Kart 64 probably came out in 98. Yeah. 99, something like that. that yeah, yeah, it looked way better than what Jimmy was driving. <laughs> Those cars. I mean, Jimmy should have just pulled a Mario Kart and trying to work things through there. I, I mean, my whole thing, especially from that era, is how round are the wheels? And it's like, Mario Kart's wheels were pretty round. Like, they didn't yes. look like hexagons, like, burr, 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 rolling down the road. <laughs> Yeah, that that I mean, what are, it, it's it's a movie. Look, I mean, I guess it was a ninety plus million dollar movie. They could have spent a little money on that, but uh, you know, it's, they're not going to spend a lot of money on a two second shot of him doing a, a well, simulation. But it, but it wasn't. He does it multiple times throughout the movie. That's the thing. It's, oh, it's really? Like, yes. I only saw it the one time. No, he's on that simulator a few times. He's in, like in his trailer. There's one. He's outdoor. I think before the synchronized swimming. <laughs> Right. sequence and that's only in there because that actually is what Estella Warren you know she was super competitive right you know like Canadian synchronized swimmer that whole thing like what is going on I understand the instinct to do that but do something with it more than just have her do it and then be, him be like oh were you raised by frogs or whatever it's oh that like joke dumb so joke. terrible that's in my little details I hated oh, that with I, ha- I hated it too that's why I remembered it this is something that, that James Bond movies would do where it's like, oh, here's the Bond girl is also famous for something else. Like there was that figure skater in yep. uh, um, Fear Your Eyes Only. And she, you know, she's a figure skater in the movie, but it's like, use it in the plot. It was like part of the plot right. in that. Or it's like, she, she she's for no reason. Yes. But she like works in the racing world, right? She, yes. She has a job somehow in this world. So why would she know how to synchronize swim? It, it's not explained. Yeah. She just makes a joke trying to explain. It's like, don't, Yeah. All right, so. so you may or may not remember this sequence, but when Joe is first coming back and he's like walking around, and actually he, the the coolness between Sophia and Bo, yeah, uh, you know he's like, oh, you know, Bo's giving him a hard time, or whatever. And then there's some racing fans that come up and ask for a picture, and I just said they wouldn't need poor old Joe Tonto to use their, you know snap camera today that's true they just take their own selfie yeah, yeah. I, I get the joke and it's kind of funny i guess yeah when well, I, I also took that at, in a rocky sort of way where you know stallone would always write rocky movies kind of about what was happening to him and that felt like stallone writing about his experience where it's, it's 2001 sylvester <laughs> stallone isn't getting stopped for photos as often as he used to be <laughs> he, 
he's getting stopped to take someone's picture, yeah. not to have their picture taken. I'll bet that him. happened to him, and that's why he wrote it in. But yeah, you're right. It would, it would, there's no need for someone to. That, that always baffles me. This happens. This, this has happened to me at least a couple times in the last few months where. I'll be out with people or, you know, with Courtney or whatever, and we'll be taking a selfie. And then someone will walk by and be like, do you want us to take a picture for you? It's like, no. <laughs> I mean, I guess I, no. I, I appreciate you, the offer, you, but. You definitely would then be looking at me funny because most of the time, when, maybe it's just because Jen and I don't love taking selfies. We would actually rather. I mean, most of the time, too, it's, you know, we're in a national, you know, not maybe in a national park, but we're, yeah. we're somewhere where we're trying to get a better quality picture. Definitely. If you're in a spot, like a scenic spot, and you want a real picture. But it's like you're just out and about doing stuff. Yeah, I mean, look, if we're just walking down the street, you know, in like we were in Memphis recently, probably not. But if we were trying to get something specific, you know, in the background, or there's a bunch of people in that spot taking, you know, like pictures, we'll say, hey, do you want us to take yours? And then basically trade off. I guess, yeah, the thing that that I find off-putting is like, I'd ask you, I'd be like, hey, can you, you know, okay. don't come to me. Cool. Don't take it and say, hey, you taking a selfie. Would you like me to take it? It's like, I'll, I'll ask someone nearby. If I All want. right. Well, you're, you're, you definitely would have your, your eye daggers going at us. Cause we've definitely have done that many, many times. To, okay. to, to, you, you see people taking yeah, selfies and we just, we, yeah, it, we wouldn't be, it wouldn't be eye daggers. It's just like, you know, I guess I'm just a curmudgeon and I'm just like, leave me alone. You're a stranger. I don't want to talk to you. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you're not a stranger. I'm saying if it was I, you, I, I do understand. I would let, you, I would let you take the picture. I now you. know. I I think I'm going to approach. I'm going to tread lightly, as Walter White once said. The next time I see somebody, I might not offer to take their picture. No, because. you're probably that's. It's a very nice thing to offer, and I'm probably the one that, that's in the wrong here. I just <laughs> I, I find it very strange and off-putting. That's all right. Fair enough. Uh, so the last one that I have, we already kind of uh, covered it a little bit, but I just said magazines and newspapers would not be on the dis- on display in the streets of Chicago to get whipped by and blown out into the street. That's these true. Days. It, that, that does not exist. It was the Daily South Town of all. Uh, Did you spot magazines? The, really, or all the newspapers? Yeah. It was, well, that was the 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 on the on the stand. Oh, that's I what it was advertising. That. The wow. Daily South. I'm going like. I guess maybe wherever they were, maybe that was just like the one they could get. It must have been. I mean, that, that was a paper that you and I would have known because yeah. we grew up where the circulation would have been for the Daily South. Then. Sure, but the circulation, is there a heavy circulation in the loop? Oh, no, not at all. No, yeah. that, that no. paper would not have been distributed there. It would have been the South and Southwest suburbs is the only place yeah, the that suburbs. would distributed. Yeah, I was going no, like, would this- there are already the Chicago Tribune and the Chicago Sun-Times. They don't need some <laughs> no. suburban newspaper. No third newspaper is competing. But it was like, yeah, when they came out of the mysterious Chicago tunnel and they blew through, past and broke the bus stop yes. or whatever. Uh, yeah, it was the South Town. Uh, all right, so that's all I had in technology. You had none, so we are ready to move on to the little details. Yes, I'm going to start with a newspaper thing because I found it very oh, frustrating. That cardboard headstone tipped over. The, this graveyard is obviously phony. Still makes me laugh. All right, little details. This is a segment of the show where we discuss minutia in the film that we found uh, moderately interesting to uh, maybe we... Maybe not interesting, but we noticed it. <laughs> Boy, really, way to undersell the segment. <laughs> I don't know. This stuff isn't that interesting. I mean, that's probably true. All right, hit me with the newspaper. You, <laughs> well, I was very, not literally a newspaper, but hit me with what you got. I was very frustrated because this movie starts with the montage, and, I'm, and you get a couple of newspaper headlines and magazines. And I'm going like, okay, here's I'm going to have I'm going to be writing down a lot of newspapers. You know how much I love that. And I'm going like, oh, this is like the tail end of where that's possible because it's 2001. Yeah, a few years later, it's you know it's all online. But then we don't get much, and then the, the headlines we get are just clipped out, and you don't see what newspaper it is. It's like put in a little work. It's just like you know. It's funny that you say the hold on that, that you're not going to get it because remember we did a movie that is not that old that had it that you went had great to do. Bullet to the head is a relatively new movie, and it had like 
70 magazines and newspapers, but anyway. Was it magazines or was it websites I was looking at there? Oh, was it? Web- no, I think I thought it was actual newspaper articles and like magazines and stuff. I don't remember. That's, that's, that, that one was very long ago. Uh, okay, so <clears throat> headlines are just torn out of mysterious newspapers, unclear what paper or what date, which is always the thing. Those are the things I want to read and all the garbage texts. Like, I, I didn't get any of that, so I was very disappointed. So, okay. Where are they? Oh, I didn't actually write down the headlines because I was so frustrated. <laughs> I just wrote down a bunch of headlines that are styled like they were torn out. No idea what paper, no text to read. Come on, Driven, you're killing me. Okay. That's what I wrote. And then there's two magazines, and these I wrote down. Champ Car Magazine, Inside the World's Fastest Racing Series is the, the subtitle of the magazine. Okay. June, July 1996, which they probably maybe could have found a, one that was... A little more fresh. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think just someone being lazy in the production. Volume 2, number 2, 399 US. New golden boy of racing, Jimmy Bly takes over the wheel from Joe Tonto, but is he ready? <laughs> Which implies that Joe Tonto was the driver of the previous season, and which I, I don't think was it, actually... It, you were led to believe, though, that he's been on ice for longer than Yeah, that. for a while. And then there's an ESPN magazine that just says, Face Off, with a really bad Photoshop of the two photos of Blind Brandenburg. And that's all it says. And we're like, if you don't follow racing, it's like, who are these people? It doesn't, doesn't say, like, you know, is racing's... Ca- is this Caster Troy? What's going on? I'm confused. It, it kind of did look like that, now that you mentioned it. I didn't, didn't think about that. But, um, yeah, like, no, no, like, you know, hey, Champ Car is too greatest face-off and some some kind of context for people who don't know you don't try to try to entice me to read your magazine to buy your magazine <laughs> um and then at the don't top confuse me oh there's no no text about that all the only text is along the top about another story and it says water polo and the magnificent seven which is so inscrutable that i say that would make me want to see what the hell is that well maybe but that's maybe water polo maybe that's what sophia was working on ah, was like some moves for water polo maybe yeah, she was part of the magnificent water polo seven. Must be. Anyway, those are the, those are the magazines and the newspapers that I forgot to write down. It's very disappointing. All right. Well, my first is actually literally I think the first thing we get in the movie. I, I just th- this immediately I'm like, come on, th- this can't be true. Nine hundred <laughs> million spectators. Definitely not true. I looked at nine hundred. I don't even know if that many were watching the Super Bowl back in two thousand and one. No. Well, I think this... 900 million. Well, I wonder if they mean, like, cumulatively, like... <laughs> Over the last 50 years? <laughs> right, 5 million a year or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so that's what... I mean, literally, it opens with that 250 miles an hour, 20 races, one championship. I was fine with everything, but it leads with 900 million. What? Maybe it is death race. Maybe it is some horrible future. <laughs> You're right. It is like suspended reality. It may, it should have been like the opening to The Running Man or something. 900 million spectators. <laughs> I wouldn't believe that The Running Man had 900 million spectators. Right. And that was like you know, like government compelled. It was like one channel. <laughs> right, exactly. I still don't think you, you're right could get 900 million. No, I don't think so. Because people can, you know, not watch TV. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's not, I have to watch. Well, the thing is, I think... In any context, that number is preposterous, so there's no explaining it, just to be clear. But, I mean, I think originally Stallone wanted to make this about F1, which worldwide has, like, ten times the viewership as, uh, as uh, kart IndyCar and kart racing. And so, I mean, I, I, still, I mean, ten times five million is 50 million. It's still not <laughs> 900 million. 900 million. So, yeah, I, it's a ridiculous. Immediately, immediately announcing that this movie is dumb and it's, ridiculous. Right. It has no, like, the credibility from literally the first shot <laughs> yeah. is shot. 
no pun intended, yeah. with nine hundred million. So, and then okay. the second thing I want to talk about, which is the, the the second thing that destroys this movie's credibility, is the music choices. This oh, movie has some of the worst music choices. I, I, so I noticed that it was bad, but don't know enough about it. So I'm glad you'll be able to cover. Well, it. Well, I wanted to pull the uh, clips of all, but I never got around to it. Just like here are the songs that are ter- just just to, for the listeners, but. The one the movie begins and ends with this song, and I found it kind of funny how it almost sounded like it was the movie having insecurity about itself. Like I was saying, because the it's mo- Jimmy, the song is "Are You Having a Good Time?" and it almost felt like the movie being like, oh, "Are you having a good time yet? Come on, like, <laughs> how about of, now at the end? Yeah, what do you think?" Exactly, it's like this kind of like desperation almost just very insecure thing of just like hey having a good time come on it's great come on, guys. Cars. come on come on guys yeah uh I, all the music there's a couple of songs from that era that they sneak in that i was like okay i like this song like a lot of like pop hits like there yeah. definitely is one or two that i i don't know if it was the last rate in, in detroit or the montage before it which everyone oh had. yeah the preparing for that last race in detroit and they had this weird like Aria, like it has like, yeah. like religious music, but like set to like a techno beat. Yes, it's like that's exactly oh, what. It's... What was that? That was the weirdest one of a movie full of weird uh, music choices. Well, so I'll cut, even though it's further down. So it, it's actually the race. Maybe it's in Germany because, or maybe this song isn't right. But so early on, um, I don't remember if it was the Chicago race, but it was. Two day, it was like two days prior to the race, and it was the qualifier. I'm like, all right, that makes sense. Yeah. Then the one in Germany, it is a countdown of four days. I'm like, oh my god! And you accomplish nothing during that. You show some more driving and like Joe and Luke out on a date or something. I'm like, I, I, I just put in my note. I let's go back to the just two days before, and that's all I get because I got nothing extra out of these extra days. Well, I think in theory, the, the you know in terms of the story, I think the. Stallone thinks that those four days are more significant than prior to the other races because that's after um, Joe has given Jimmy the big speech in Chicago. And, ter- and so now Jimmy's listening to Joe more and he's pushing his brother out. And it's, it's he, He's using spoons, which, all, by the way, that was also stolen. It was sugar. That's in my next little detail. Oh, it's right. sugar packets in You're- Days of Thunder. Here it's spoons. So You're they right. just said, well, uh, what do you what do you? How do you pour sugar in? Well, you use spoons, so we'll just use spoons. <laughs> that felt to me in in the moment like because um, I, I don't remember him using the 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 virtual like oh. uh, thing multiple times. But I mean, it's not virtual, but you know, the, the simulator. Yeah. Um, but if I I was imagining a, a off screen Joe Tonto being like, screw this simulator stuff, through these spoons, this would be better. Demonstrate <laughs> I, our I can strategy. Teach you with this. <laughs> yeah. Who needs that technology, yeah. kid? This is junk. Yeah. Well, look at how bad these graphics are. Those. Those wheels, they're not even round. Right. They look like they're boxes. Look how round the spoon is. Clearly better. Yes. Uh, all right, so what's, what's your next? I actually have a lot in this one. So Yeah, there, well, there's a lot of ridiculous details to talk about. Um, don't we, steal. My next one is going to be DeMille. I want to go through all of my favorite DeMille, so don't don't okay. take DeMille. Here. I don't think I have whatever your other DeMille moment was. Okay. So I'm curious to know. I just want to call out... I think it's the first full race we see, and there's you know all the B-roll that we see, and there's the pattern was always B-roll, B-roll, like actually from the the the, the place that you're at, and then cut to like one or two shots of our characters, kind of surrounded by enough people you can't quite see where they're at. <laughs> the one in Tokyo cracked me up because it was just like you know like obviously like a, a almost entirely Japanese uh, crowd, and then cut to Stallone walking through the whitest people you've ever seen. <laughs> Notice that that's like, there's not a single Japanese person around. It's like and, you did not I'm, go to Japan. I was gonna say, in all of the places, it you know, it 
that culture is extremely, you know, anti-immigration and, you know, very insular in that way is that yeah. even still to this day, you know, it, 20 years later and certainly even before that, uh, yeah, it, it would be very, very <laughs> strange to have well, a pe- huge... People, I mean, people could fly in who don't live in Japan for, who, for the race, race fans. I understand that, but to not have more in the background, yeah. it clearly should be that there are more Japanese people. Than, I don't know where you're filming, but you could find 50 Japanese extras in Toronto or <laughs> you would, LA, yes. anywhere. I mean, yes. It wouldn't be that hard. Just go to some trouble. Anyway, um, it was... So it was the first race, and I saw a guy. Stallone passes him and says, like, oh, it's just some guy. He's passing. And well, I, I wrote my notes, like... Stallone says hello to Dustin Hoffman because the guy looked exactly like <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. I just wrote that as a joke, and then I was reading the trivia, and it's like Dustin Hoffman appears in this. So it was literally Dustin. It was literally Dustin Hoffman, and I don't know if it was like shot at an actual event and Dustin Hoffman. Hey, was, say, hey Stallone! Yeah. So they're like, yeah, we're gonna use that. <laughs> right? Yeah, if we're Did, gonna choose for it to be in the Tokyo race. No, it wasn't Tokyo. It was oh. the first race. So it, it, what, Chicago, uh, whatever was the first actual. I think it was the I, first one that Stallone is there for. Okay, I think it's the Chicago Motor Speed. Yeah, race, that sounds that sounds right. No, but it, it, I I looked it up and I was like, oh, that was actually Dustin Hoffman. Weird. And then I thought. Does Dustin Hoffman know that he's in this movie? <laughs> he's probably so he's not happy I, about it. I, I would not be surprised if he doesn't. He was just at a race and maybe like, he liked and he just <laughs> they filmed that and maybe he has no idea. I'm sure he has to know for they know. didn't even have the rights. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, it would have been around that time, Wag the it, Duck. It absolutely would have been. Um yeah, he I mean, he must know because there's legal <laughs> for legal reasons. Yes. Although, well, if he's not a he, he's an extra. I mean, if if you're in an, if you're in a public non-speaking place, role, yeah, he's a non-speaking role. He's in a public place. If a if a movie is shooting a film in a public place and you happen to be there and you're in the film, you're wait you wave away your rights to your right. likeness when you go into the sta- stadium. So actually, maybe he doesn't know. I know. Think about it. <laughs> be I'm, amazing. I'm actually. thinking it through. Yeah, but he like and he probably looks. Oh man, I got to read those tickets more. Right? <laughs> <laughs> those rights that I'm waving, they had the rights. But that's why movies love to shoot at sporting events because it's like you know, you can, for, for for television purposes, you can't sue the TV broadcast for having it. So you always when you part of buying the ticket, and that applies to movies and stuff too. So yeah, fifty fifty. I'll say Dustin Hoffman knows he's in this movie. He definitely doesn't want a credit for being in this movie. That's no. for sure. All right, so I, I got to cover Demille. As I said. DeMille was the the one bright spot in this movie for me. Uh, The performance, but just even the way the character is written, because he has some of the intentionally or unintentionally funny lines in the movie to me. So the first one that I noted, and then I decided to put them all in a row when I started realizing, all right, there's a lot here to DeMille, was I think it's when Jimmy, they they first have in their, uh, not altercation, but... You know, they're in the trailer and Jimmy is not paying attention to me. He says, what am I, a piece of wood? <laughs> I said, is that a phrase anybody has ever said? I guess so. Maybe it comes to some story from their childhood. But I think actually my second favorite, you already covered my favorite, but you get the introduction and Sophia says, hi, I'm Sophia. And DeMille's response is, that's your problem. <laughs> that's an amazing line. That is good. I don't think it really jumped out at me, but it, that was very good. It's so jumped out at me. His delivery is pretty good, but just the one. That's your problem. <laughs> yeah, that is good. All right. Uh, I said, so he, the next one I have is that he's giving her a ring. That that was easily the best. Oh, yeah. But Most then, memorable line in the movie. But yeah. then the, the final one I had, because DeMille had all the best. So when at the very end, when he's been you know played and the contract... 
you know, isn't legitimate for Bo. They're trying to walk away, and he's like, you know, what do you want? What are you trying to do? What do you want to punch me? And so she turns around, jacks him in the face, which is moderately amusing, but it's, yeah. it didn't hurt. You call that a punch? <laughs> right. <laughs> I love to mill. I did find that uh, pretty funny too. Or it, it, to me, it was the pause of like didn't hurt, and then he pauses. Call that a punch? You like, call it a punch? Like he can't decide which one is better, and he's like, I'm just gonna say both. <laughs> it's like he's thinking about jerk store. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, I could have zinged her. I just, I should have went with that first. Right. And he just decides I'm gonna say it. Like, uh, he's yeah. not gonna live with regret. <laughs> All right. That that was that was the mill. Uh, easily the highlight of the movie for me. I, I have a question about the mill and questions, and I think uh, you're convincing me of a particular answer because I, okay. I I thought maybe the movie was hinting at something about the mill that was dumb if it's true, but I don't think it's actually true. But we'll get okay. to it. Okay, so this is literally where that my note is about. Uh, oh, it's obviously not good. He's giving her her ring. <laughs> um, okay, we we touched on it a little bit, but um, let's talk about the ridiculous effects and the CGI oh, and stuff. God. Just in particular, it's the chase through Chicago, and Jimmy's car kicks up a manhole cover, and it flies not, not once, twice. Right. Well, the first time it kind of loosens it, and then Joe goes over it and the. Shakes it free, but then it goes over another one, which immediately loosens it, and it goes flying past yes, like it's a weapon. Yeah, like and he planned it. And Sylvester Stallone doesn't react; he like barely reacts. It's almost like they, it's like, oh, can we find a moment where he leans left and we'll sneak in a manhole cover flying past his face? It looked so ridiculous, so incredibly stupid. Yeah. Because they make it look like Jimmy did it intentionally too. Like he knew. First of all, I can't imagine the physics actually work. No. Let Let's put that aside. That he like strategically like, oh yeah, I'm gonna try and lose him. What? what? Why? No. I. Well, I. It, this goes back to the insecurity of this movie. I think where they. I think we're probably in the editing room and went like this. We this, need. Yeah. We need to jazz this up. Exactly. Let's have a manhole cover fly past Joe's head. Yeah. It's it's bad. And then yeah, the CGI rain. I'll, I'll, I'll like. Anytime there was any kind of like CGI mixed with slow motion, Ugh. it always felt like they were getting the speeds wrong where it's like the raindrops weren't falling. They were just kind of hovering and then... It was like suspended animation, yeah. but everything else is moving. So it, it's not... It, it'd be one thing if it was just bad CGI. Like, oh, the, that rain doesn't look real. But no, it doesn't even behave following the laws of physics, which is obviously calls out how fake it is where they're not even falling. And I think it's supposed to be like they're going so fast that it's like the rain is standing still or whatever. It's coming at them. Was that it? But, but it, it should be coming at them horizontally, right? Not just like hovering, right? I, I and then had, you I, drive into it. It, it looked I, so bad. I hadn't thought about what you just said about them driving so fast. I hadn't thought about that. I think that's the idea. Got it. All right. But it, it still it doesn't, doesn't work. work. No, it does not communicate that. It just looks, like, it looks strange and fake. Um, well, the, the other thing, the other time when it looks strange and fake in terms of mixing CGI in slow motion is when Memo crashes and there's that like long extended moment where I forget what he, he like almost crashes and he's kind of losing control and then he just he gets clipped by somebody and he goes launching into the oh, air yeah. and nose, okay. nose down yep and he is hovering it's like super super slow motion but the cars going underneath him look like they're going full speed and so like 40 cars go like yep. almost basically the whole field goes underneath him <laughs> while he's just floating over the th- and it's if if it's this slow motion, like I guess they just didn't want to lose the speed. Oh, you know, make sure the cars are going fast. They can't look like they're going slow. But if you're filming it, I don't know how many frames per second. That'd be like 500 frames. Super super slow motion. Like imagine that how long it takes a car to crash. It's like a split second. Yep. Like a half a second. If you stretch a half a second out to like, what 30 seconds, 
those cars would look like they're going five miles an hour, yes. right? You divide by 30. It's a 250 miles an they're hour divided by 30. zipping by. <laughs> they must be doing like a million miles an hour. <laughs> and memo, poor memo just in there. <laughs> it's... it's <laughs> that that almost bothered me more than the rain because like the rain is just like oh that's a bad special effect I but it. this is like a story point like how many we visibly see 30 cars pass underneath him while he's crashing it's just like this doesn't matter so I, I and I'll I, I agree with you I will just I couldn't believe some of the decisions or just why like the first one I have CGI quarters and I, I said yeah this is you know I, I've seen it all but then as I went through uh, no, so like quarter, you literally can't just have him talk. You have to have a computer rendering of a quarter. I think because they probably couldn't get the camera close enough to it, so it would get the small. shot. Were, I, but it's like you know, you're, I understand. You, oh, I can't get the shot I want. I'm going to do it in CG. But if the CG looks that bad, you're losing more than you're gaining. Right? I, without so a like, doubt. Why would you do I, it? We, so we've covered them all, um, but. We didn't really talk about that scene, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Like, there's interesting stuff in this just ruined by bad filmmaking. Like, the idea that Joe Tonto, he puts quarters on the on the, on the road when he's uh, doing his... He does uh, a little drift. Yeah, and he drifts, and he picks up the quarters with his wheels. It's like, I thought that was an interesting idea. I was like, that's a cool way to show, like, he kind of drives differently, and this is how he practices drifting. Yeah. In, in an, uh, and he hums. That, we didn't cover oh, that, but yeah, who cares? He hums. So that, that literally went nowhere. I didn't understand. Yeah. Because then, because that's crazy. Why, why is that crazy? I guess we did skip over kind of the details of that last race where Joe takes the lead and then, but then he like jumps, <laughs> he jumps over the, a curb. <laughs> he jumps a curb, which seems like you would lose points or have to be penalized in some way. You think so? I don't know. This movie is so bad about explaining the rules of the sport. Um, but he like breaks an axle or whatever, and and so. But he's still able to race. Let's let's <sighs> just forget it. No, I'll, I'll wait until questions. <laughs> All right. I have a question about that. But anyway, yeah, he he kind of falls back and Jimmy starts humming and that gives him extra speed. He's got the power. <laughs> he gets, that makes I his end. I have the power. Maybe that's what it is. It really does feel like that. If you hum, <laughs> you just, you know. You get, All of a sudden the car can go faster. Right. It's like driving over the Mario Kart uh, <laughs> mushroom. You just <laughs> that's have to, what it is. You just have to hum. And it's a speed boost. Uh, what were we talking about before? Because that's, that's super stupid. Uh, it was CGI. So actually that, that was yours. So it was flipping back over to me. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm done. Uh, oh, you're done completely? Oh, no, with, with the CGI. Okay. I, have I, I have one more. I've got a couple more. So, all right, let me let me cover Germany. Uh, I said that it's nice to know that the TV weather you know presentation in Germany uh, is presented in Fahrenheit. I noticed. I think it was both Fahrenheit and Celsius, but I was like, they wouldn't even bother with the Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit is there. The map uh, a, on a German weather telecast shows all of Europe, not just Germany. And also, uh, the graphics are in English, so I was very, very confused. That's about true. This weather. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you know, I, th- I think between then and now is when these kinds of realism standards. You know, in two thousand and one. I you think, think it was, it was still, still Americanized. Yeah, like I think audiences are still kind of expected things to be Americanized to a large degree. Where it's maybe, like, but I, I don't know. The, I, the world is so much more global now, where you you notice can, those things at a time when you can, probably wouldn't. Have but noticed here's them. my issue with it: is that the thing is how you, they do on a bunch of you said be like stock footage. How hard would it be to just go get a German weather telecast? <laughs> right. Well, you probably have to pay for that then. All right. If you <laughs> shoot your own, you don't have to pay for it. Fair enough. My my biggest thing, you know, the more I read about kart racing, is just like it is almost entirely a North American sport. Like they don't have events outside of North America. Oh, I didn't it's basically know. all America, and then there's like one track in Canada. Got it. And that's it. So it's like they don't. I mean, well, I think they do do occasionally races overseas. Like in, in, in uh, Australia's had them, and Japan's had them, but they're never part of the series. series. It's like a yeah. special race. Exactly, it's an exhibition. So that was, when I was reading about that, I was like, oh, they they didn't really justify that at all. It's like, is this F one? Is this 
Indy cars cut race. Like, uh, it doesn't matter. All right, I got one other one there in Germany that I want to cover, and then we'll flip it back over to you. So for my other funny moment, uh, and it was actually probably, you know, my... I can now see why I was going to like that you, you told me Bo eventually is Hugo uh, Stilitz. You have this fan who says in, you know, German, because they at least get this, where she's actually speaking German and he's speaking German. She yeah. says, you know, I made a bet that I was going to be able to kiss all kiss all the drivers, you know, b- before the race. And, you know, he, he like motions her and, uh, you know, like he's kind of like, all right, this is annoying. Right. And then this is back after he's back together with, uh, yes. with what's her name. So, yeah, I, I thought that would come back because she'd see it or something and get upset. Well, no, because the thing is that she leans in and then he just puts up his hands like, nope, you just lost. I actually thought the delivery is you just lost. And she's like, OK, I guess I'll try again next year. I really enjoyed and laughed at the you just lost. I, I didn't remember that being I, I maybe I looked away for a second. I thought she kissed him. But no, no, okay. he like he puts a hand literally up in between them and then in Germany just says you just lost I think I was looking away in that moment I did not see it all right well I was starting to lose interest fast maybe that's the reason why you didn't have another funny moment like the mill saying oh oh yeah no that's not a good sign (laughs) it's true uh, I only have one last uh, little detail. And oh, is, okay. I almost wanted to do this as my Silk Cozart uh, segment, but I couldn't think of enough examples. So I'm wondering if you can think of any more. I thought of a okay. couple. This is a trope that I that happens in sports movies that this movie does. Um, not just racing movies, but any sports movies. And I was trying to think of every, as many examples as I could think of of the teammate or the coach who ends up in the hospital and is rooting for the team in the final game okay. from the hospital bed. Well, I, I already know the first one that's going to be at the Go top ahead. of the list. Whatever you got, name oh. them, and then I'll give you what I got. All right, well, for sure, necessary roughness, necessary has, to roughness. Be, ha, has to be on your list. Yes. Okay. Um, oh, so it has to be sports sports movie, sports right? Sports movie where someone on, in the team, either player or coach, okay, is so, cheering while listening or uh, to the radio or watching TV all right, from ma- the hospital bed. Major League Two? Yes, Major League Two. I have that. It's got to be on that list. I love this English shit. I might move to England. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's covering. They're like, you're not allowed to watch the game. And so he's, he's, he's pretending he's watching Masterpiece Theater. Yes. That movie's terrible, but that actually is really funny. I keep defending Major League Two. I keep telling you it's better than you think. Uh, all right, hold on. I, I need to stay back on task. Okay. All right, so Necessary Roughness, Major League Two. I'm trying to think if there's going to be anything in the basketball realm. There, I have one in the basketball realm. Ooh. Okay, hit me with it because I'm going to take too long. Hoosiers? Yes. You know what? Because I'm, I'm not going to badmouth Hoosiers. I'm not a huge fan, so I think I've only seen it once. So that's probably the reason why it doesn't immediately come to mind. Yeah, I can understand that. Uh, okay. It's a very earnest movie in a way that can be tough to take sometimes. Uh, okay. So no Chubbs Peterson in Happy Gilmore. He's dead. He is <laughs> he's, not dead. In the, he's not in the hospital. That's close. It's in a ballpark. It is pretty close. I just love Carl Weathers as, as you already know. Uh, all right. Hit me with some more. Cause that may jog well, my memory. Those are the three that I knew for sure. And then I have two where I was like, I couldn't quite remember. Okay. I think in any given Sunday, Dennis Quaid. Oh yeah, no, he definitely is. Yeah, because yeah. his back is all messed up. I and thought so. Eventually, he make he like does have to come back. But I think there's like maybe the game that qualifies them to get into the playoffs. Yeah, that he may be like going in for surgery or whatever. That I, I haven't think. seen that since theaters, but I had a vague memory of him in a hospital room watching yes, the game. I, or I think something. you're right on that. All right, and then this is a very sort of like barely, but it's like movie we covered. But they're not they're not primary characters. But in Escape to Victory. There are oh. people, there are guys back in the locker room who have been injured by the Nazis. That's right. 
and yes. you know they're rooting them on from yes. for the injured from the locker room. And that, that they're not is, in a hospital though, so that's not quite the same thing. That is a lot. I bet you there are more too. I think there are more too. I, I couldn't quite remember anymore. It's not surprising that we're on the same wavelength. That the ones that we absolutely nailed down for <laughs> sure course, are yeah. the absolute same ones. Yeah. And well, I don't even love Major League Two, so I'm glad that I remember that. It's probably because of the masterpiece theater. <laughs> I do love Lou Brown. But every time they cut to him, and it's, oh, I think even the one before that, I mean, moved to England after they win the game. But I think halfway through the game, he's, uh, the White Sox are playing, right? And the White yeah, Sox, it's Jack, Jack Parkman. The White Sox hit a home run or something, and he's just like, ah! Oh, and then the nurse is looking at him, he's just like, and the masterpiece theater's on the TV, he's like, this is tragic stuff. <laughs> 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 That's the one I actually like more. But yeah, I, I'm sure there are more. This is a, this is definitely a trope that I've noticed. And uh, all right, gonna keep an eye out for future sports movies. All right. Well, I guess I will maybe end then with my last one, uh, which is sports related. Mm-hmm. So uh, during the Moreno's uh, memo's insane crash, the ESPN commentator he says, "I don't think I've seen anything like a race car exploding." Well, he doesn't say this, but. He says, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. And the like that would be a race car exploding in a body of water during a race. And I just said, I don't think anyone has ever seen that on the history of the planet, right. let alone in your broadcasting career. He may as well just said, this is a very implausible scene. <laughs> yes. That's basically what it says. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, all right. I, yeah, I, I think. I think that pretty much covers it too, because most of my other ones uh, we either covered. Yeah, uh, we're we're good. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to questions. All right. Let's do it. I want to ask you a bunch of questions, and I want to have them answered immediately. All right, Devil's Advocate. This is the segment of the show where we uh, ask each other questions, and the other tries to answer them as best they can. Okay. I'll let you lead off because it sounds like you have one right from the get go. Uh, do I? I don't. Oh, <laughs> what did I say no, to I, give you that impression? Uh, because I think you. Uh, whatever, just just let's look at well, yeah, I, I think I have something that relates to what we were talking. Oh, I, well, yeah, I do, and it, it has to do with um, the mill. Let me skip to that one. Maybe that's what it was when I was covering the mill, and you said, yeah, yeah. "Oh, I've got something for the mill." That's the one I had in the chamber. So let me start with that, even though it's it's a question about the end of the movie, and it's a line that uh, Stallone, Joe Tonto, says to Jimmy, where Jimmy's like, "Oh, thanks, I couldn't have done it without you," and Joe says, "Thank you, brother, too. Whatever button he pushed got you going," and it made me go. Is the movie trying to claim that his brother did this just to motivate him? Because oh. then you cut to his brother clapping, clapping, yep. and he's so happy for him after getting punched and being like the villain. So, so is, it, is the is the movie telling us that he intentionally screwed over his brother to, to motivate his brother, and this is all part of his plan, and he was always on his side? I'm going to answer, and then I'm also going to bring up a connection to the original Major League, not Major League Two. The answer to your specific question is I know. I do not think so. I, I think that ultimately, you know, DeMille was trying to cut like he he was legitimately trying to help his brother like cut all these deals and he uh with with different endorsements and make him a brand. Yeah. It wasn't working out and then no, I think he, you know, flip-flopped and was trying to like, you know, do cuz he 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 doesn't say I'm not going down with the ship, but it's some line basically like that that you're flaming yeah. out and I'm I'm breaking myself from you. Yeah, there's a scene we didn't talk about where it, it, it makes it clear that he's he's coming from a place of frustration more than just being a snake in the grass. Like, yes. Um, but yeah, this line, and it, I, like I said earlier, I was like, if this is what this movie is saying, that's stupid. But yeah, as we talked it through earlier, I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure that's not actually what he's saying. So it's funny that you say it's stupid because I think the original ending, it's definitely an alternate ending. I think the original, the original ending to Major League 
is that Rachel Phelps was exactly that. That's right. Was trying to motivate you know the team to to make them perform better. Test equally stupid. <laughs> equally stupid. Test audiences absolutely loathed and hated it, and yeah. for good cause. I mean, to, to your point, I hate a movie that if you need to have a villain. She's a great villain. I mean, Rachel Phelps is one of the best sports villains of all time. You completely undermine, like, what, however long that movie is, hour, 40 minutes, whatever. You undermine it all. If all of a sudden you say, oh, no, I really wasn't the enemy. I just wanted to motivate you guys. Yeah. Incredibly stupid. Well, that's way worse because she's the primary villain. Whereas here, it's like, De- right. is DeMille it, even it's a villain? Unclear. Yeah. yeah, everything that's is fine. unclear. So You're right. Um, yeah, okay. I, mean, I was 95% sure as we talked through it that that was the answer. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, uh, so my I guess my first uh, actually has to do, it doesn't have to do with DeMille, but it's one of his lines. He, he talks about he's been supporting Jimmy, you know, since since they were kids, you know, when he determined that it was clear that Jimmy was, Jimmy was the driver and, you know, he, he wasn't going to be. But yeah. so he has some line that saying, you know, all, all the way back to when you were, I think, a 13-year-old uh, that drove some, you know, piece of junk, whatever it was. So my question is, if you're driving go-karts, one, does age have anything to do with the ability skill? This isn't like professional football or professional basketball where literally if you're 13 and you're trying to play up against somebody who's 19 or 20, it would be really impressive if at 13, you know, you were able to take on a a grown man in basketball. But then also, um, well, that's what I said. I can see being impressed by the age difference if it's a physical sport, not something that you are driving. So my question to you is, does age really have anything to do with driving driving a car? I think less so than something like that where it's more physical. But I do think that, you know, experience matters. And having the experience of having more races under your belt and okay. having had, you know, been in situations, having the, 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 I mean, not just the racing experience, but the life experience and being more mature right. or something. I could, I mean, buy but, it. but less so. I mean, I, I do think that being younger is probably more of an advantage in something like racing. Maybe not 13, but, you know, you think about it, it's, it's all about reaction time and, and, well, maybe not so much um, in this kind of racing. I don't know, but, uh, you know, you think about, like, esports and, like, video games where... That's like, true. When you're, if, once you hit, like, 23... <laughs> is that really you, when you're you, done? Yeah, you cannot keep up. Just your your wow. synapses can't fire as fast as a teenager's can. Like, it's just... It, That's insane. It, it is insane. I mean, it's, it depends on the game, obviously. I know, but the fact... Yeah. I, I the, always the, say they're the, the, the really, like, reaction-focused games. Yeah. It, wow. Because I, I didn't know that, so I've learned another thing, new thing today. Because it's always crazy to me when I think, you know, because I'm 43. I think you're 43 or are you 44? I'm now? 43. Okay. And just to think, you know, e- even when I was in my 30s, that most pro athletes, by the time they're 26, 27, maybe they make it to 30, their career is over and they have to figure out their next chapter in life. Yeah. To know that any sports, you literally can barely legally like gamble or drink, and your career is over. Yeah, I mean, there's that's some crazy. exceptions, obviously. I, I understand that, but for that, sure, that's, that's really accelerated. Yeah, without a doubt. That's why a lot of those guys, they'll just. I mean, it's similar to racing, where you're just you're slapping, you know, logos on yourself just because you got to strike while the iron's hot. Make it while you can. Make hay while the yeah. sun is still shining. It is funny. Um, yeah, the older I get, because I, I don't play a lot of games online anymore, but I've been getting back into you know Rocket League. It's yeah. Soccer with cars. I, I know because you introduced me to the idea of that game existing, and my son. I can't tell you how much money he poured into that game oh, from age 
eight, you know, eight or nine, whenever, you know, he got the Xbox. It might have even been sooner than that. Jonathan, if you ever listen to this, you can correct me. Oh, that again. I didn't loathe it though because it was a it wasn't a violent game. So at least if he was going to pour himself into it at a relatively young age, yeah, that that was a, that was a good game. I, I was never good at it. I tried playing it. Like, I'm terrible at this. Well, that's the thing. Like I played it a lot a couple years ago, and then I kind of fell out of it. And I've been getting back into it again. And even in the past two years, I'm just like, oh, my reaction times are like even worse than they were. And I find myself just being like, be, just being, being like, made fun of. Well, no, I, I, I'm actually okay. I can hold my own, but I'm just, I'm the guy who is doing the garbage, like all the, the, the garbage work of just like, I'm not going to do anything exciting. <laughs> you're Horace Grant. Is that I'm, what you're saying? My, I'm fundamentals. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to support, you know, I'm going to center the ball. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be the one scoring the goals, but I will center the hell out of this ball. I love that you're the garbage man in Rocket League. That is awesome. Yeah. And I found a nice niche, and I, but it's like, I, I just think, think playing, of, playing online, just like, oh my God. This, think about old players in sports that's what they have to do right they find the one good thing they do the dirty work that no that's how you stay in the nba for a really long time if you're willing to do the work yeah that nobody else is willing to do because it's not glorious and it's not glamorous there's something to be said about i can't that. say the number of times where i'll be on it because i'm i'm you know they got their like tiers or whatever and i'm in gold tier and which is not super great but it's like and and the number of times I'll like completely whiff on something, just reaction time, just completely be terrible and have people be like, you suck. Like, uh, telling me like, well, how are you in gold? And then we end up winning the game. It's like, well, I didn't do anything flashy and I looked like I was bad, but guess what? That's we right. won this match. Slow and steady, yeah. my friend. Anyway, enough about rock. Well, am I up? You're up, but th- th- this was a great, great diversion for me. That was amazing. <laughs> uh, I enjoy it. It's a fun game. And I will say, last thing about Rocket League, but all the, the it is my very microtransaction heavy, but it's all like uh, uh, cosmetic stuff. Yeah, it's, it doesn't have the stuff that drives me crazy at the NBA Two K game. You can't be good at the game without and it. I love NBA Two K, like it, the way it controls. It's a great basketball game, but you try and play online, and you just you spend money to get better. Yeah. To make your guy better, it's like there's none of that in Rocket League. Well, just, well, yeah, and that and that is good because that's one of the things that always drove me crazy. I'm like that. <laughs> It sucks. It, it shouldn't be that the richest people are the only ones yeah. that actually get to be good at something. It should be a meritocracy. Yes. And, like, but, you actually are physically good at something. But, like, NBA, that's how they make their money. Is I, they've got the whales who want to be the best, and they'll spend anything to be the best NBA 2K player. And, and I will also awful. admit that I did, you know, I, I did... Not well, maybe I scolded my son of how much money he was, in my view, wasting. Oh, it does try and nope. get as much out of you. It does, sure. and he is a very, you know, he's a very young age for every age he's been at. Yeah. But I did feed the machine because there were a couple of times when they had releases when it was Ecto 1, and so I said, oh, Yeah, I'll pay for that, Jonathan. <laughs> I never really played the game, but I'm like, I just want, you know, I'm like, and I know that car wasn't that great. He probably didn't even use it, whatever. But yeah, when some of those that were like cars from either movies or TV shows that I loved, yeah. I said, yeah, I will, ba- I will pay for that for you just because I want it. That's definitely better than like a new paint pattern. Yes. Uh, yeah, well, we that, bought all kinds of crazy I stuff know. like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, am I up? Yes, you are up. All right. Uh, I have a question about a line of dialogue that I don't understand. Okay. And hopefully you can explain what this means. And it's about um, Joe's humming. And it's when he's doing the the quarter stuff and he's humming and it's that's where they establish he hums. This is a thing that he does and I guess it's supposed to like take his mind off things and he just gets in a zen. Is this state. gonna be one of Brent Briscoe's like two lines in the whole movie? 
Uh, no, but um, Brent Briscoe is he the, the kind of heavy set guy who's on the team? Is that- uh, yeah, he he's basically supposed to be John C. Riley's character in right, yeah, uh, Days of Thunder. I think it's his name is Crusher, and we never find out why his name is Crusher. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I'm, it feels like a lot was cut out of this movie. I recognize him because he's in the the newest season of Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks: The Return uh, as, a, as a cop. Okay, I don't recognize that, but Brent, he's been in a few things that you probably would remember. He was in Justified for a couple of episodes and, okay. and some other stuff and, and some. I didn't catch his name. Okay. That's why I confirm. Um, yeah, it was probably that's definitely one of the scenes he's in the most. Where he's explaining. Oh yeah, yeah he hums. And then Luke, the, the the reporter, journalist. Yeah, quote. She she goes. Anyone else ever do that? And that guy goes, not among the living. All right. So you want me to explain? So it is the Brent Briscoe line. Yeah, huh? it is the Brent Briscoe line. What does that mean? Uh, if you hum, if you hum, you die. I was like, what is he getting at? I'd like to be able to answer it, but unfortunately, I was just as confused. That line okay. makes absolutely no sense. It's baffling. I, I don't know if that is that supposed to mean. Is it like, okay, I'm going to try. This is one of those, because I think I've had a few of these on episodes where I do my best to really loosely, loosely answer your question on something that re- legitimately, I don't know the answer sure. to. Sure. Don't so, forget, I still haven't added, You have no. we have no case. I forgot <laughs> to do it last episode. I still forgot to do it. <laughs> Well, please, so for the don't, next episode. I'll try to remember, but if, if you're trying to avoid that face, you just know you don't have to worry I'm, about okay, it. Okay, I'm, I'm going to do my best to say that I do have a case. Here's okay. my case on this I'm going to make. So among the living, there there are in, I, I don't know how many cultures, but I, it's more than one culture. I believe the ancient Egyptians believed in this. Um, you would cover the eyes of the dead in some sort of currency, normally a coin. And it was supposed to be, so the, the belief system is that you can, there's a ferryman that takes you to whatever your belief system is, is the other side. Okay. So what I am going to connect is because Joe is picking up quarters while he's humming. It is talking about <laughs> the belief system that uh, among the living, so not among the living, the belief system is that the only people who would do it have, are those that have been ferried to the other side with some sort of currency. I mean, I'm not sure I'm buying this, I but I'm, not- I'm impressed at the attempt. I did my best, man. <laughs> I did not expect Because in reality, it. you needed the button on there. I've got no case. Yeah, I, I don't have the button, so you're off scot-free. Okay. <laughs> this is a mistrial. The button is not here. Um, I did not expect to be hearing about... Uh, ancient Egyptian death ferrymen in this podcast, but I, I guess uh, you know it's, it's something. It's at I least said, a, it's at least an explanation. Because I tried, it's, it's so the weird. real explanation is no. It's just a line of dialogue that makes. But it's sense. like you expect a practical answer. Like, is this something that bright racers do? Is yeah. this like a? Is it? Is it have a practical? Is there? A, is this like a meditation technique or <laughs> right. something? Yes. No, but his answer is just so not un- among unexplainable. Yeah. All right, um, so I'm going to go back to that same DeMille line. And so he he, talk, he tells this story about when he's a 13-year-old coming back from three laps down in a go-kart. My question is, is it even possible to come back in a, ra- in a go-kart race, which those cars have governors on them, they can only go a certain speed. Is it even possible to come back from three laps down in something you probably only get like seven laps around the track in a go-kart race. Is that even possible? I, well, I'm go- the only thing I can do is apply my own experience, but I'm also okay. a terrible go-kart racer. I, you know, I, I have been go-karting before in my life and definitely have gotten lapped multiple times by people during the race, but 
I am also a terrible driver and not someone who okay. would be competing in a go kart. So I, you know, I think it's possible to be lapped. I don't think somebody that's three laps down, unless he was just sitting there waiting for somebody, <laughs> the, the bad people, to say, "All right, I'm going to give them that head start, and then um, I'm going to show them who's boss." Unless he got the lightning bolt and was able to <laughs> shrink everybody else in the track, <laughs> or start firing off red shells yeah. and just flip their cars. Up. Sure, maybe that's what it bill. is. Maybe that's what. Maybe this is Mario Kart. Maybe you're right. Is somebody hit Moreno with one of those red shells and he just flipped right. over in slow motion? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I have no case. Oh, okay. I, I, I really wish you had the book. Yeah, me too. This happens to be an episode where there's I mean, going to be a lot. Guess what? Driven doesn't make a lot of sense. No. Uh, uh, what do you got next? A lot of these we already covered. Okay, let's talk about uh, Gina Gershon in. Because you were talking about how she's kind of the puppet master for, yes, for, for poor Memo. For Memo. And she's like, you know, the, uh, Carl's on the headset being like, Memo, do your job. Don't don't try and take the lead. And then she's then right next to him being like, no, forget it. Go for it. And he goes, shut up. And I'm going, why does she have a headset? Not at all. That's my question. Okay. Why does she have a headset? Why doesn't he just, don't, don't tell her to shut up. Take away her headset. All right, I'm going to say my answer is going to be is because for better or worse, maybe it's just because he runs a dysfunctional team. Carl believe it's an equal opportunity um, employer because DeMille in earlier races also has a headset. So Carl just has the standard that if you were in any way, shape, or form a fa- friend or family member, you're able to talk with the race car driver while they're driving. Just the pit crew is just like, here's my two cents. <laughs> It's, hey, you, you're it's, you're in charge of changing the tire. Shut up! No, you gotta you gotta take this turn at, at seventy I, miles per hour. Maybe that's why there's so many crashes because these drivers are all trying to do different things that different people are telling them on the radio. You know what this is reminding me of is now is the last episode Suicide Squad of Stallone being on the radio just going bird. <laughs> Joe Tonto, stay off the line. Bird. <laughs> I mean, uh, a talking shark would have made just about as much sense as a lot of this I, stuff. I, more than her synchronized swimming. At least there would have been a reason to have a synchronized swimmer because sure. there's a giant shark in this yeah, movie. Absolutely. All right. Um, okay. So my question, next question to you is, why would prototype cars have fuel, enough fuel to take a joyride, and who allowed them to be ready and drivable? <laughs> For right. somebody to take away, please answer those three questions. I yeah, I don't know how they even start. Like, how do those? I assume it's just a push button. But. Uh, I looked it up. No, actually, it it it's not possible to even have a push button. I actually think part of your crew has to actually like ignite and get it started from okay. the back. I don't think it is actually physically possible. Well, There's not a starter unit inside the uh, the the cockpit. Yeah, well, those cars have wheels that you attach and detach, right? right. They, the, the, yes, in order to wheel. get in and out, right? Correct. And so, yes. why did they have the wheels there? Steering wheels? That, Wait a minute! No, no, you're supposed to be answering this. You can't answer my question with no, a question. No, I'm doubling down on your question. This is this <laughs> is my way not, of getting out of it. That's this. not allowed. Your so, honor. So you're not going to say that the, it's just that this is a really really irresponsible crew? Uh, it's definitely irresponsible. I mean. Uh, I guess that you had to get him in there some way, so they figured let's just fuel him up and drive him in. I think in an actual <laughs> auto show, you'd like tow him in, right? You tow him in and push him in, but yeah. even so, why did you put enough? Wouldn't you just have enough fuel for it to go from the truck <laughs> right. to the showroom back to the truck? They have another bombing around downtown Chicago. Oh yeah, and I'm sure those things burn fuel like crazy. So yeah, they have a lot of fuel. I mean, it would have been funny if uh, Jimmy was just like, ah, "I'm out of here," and he's like petulantly jumps in the car and then it just it only goes nobody. It, <laughs> it does, but it only has enough fuel. Yeah. To go like, 
700 yeah. feet back to the trailer. Doesn't even get outside of the door, yeah. Everyone's still staring at him, yeah. That actually would be a really funny joke if they had done that one. Oh, yeah, I agree. I have no case. I mean, it's a dumb All scene. Right. There's a lot of no cases on these because this is a dysfunctional movie. Yes. Uh, well, I want to talk about... So I th- I'm pretty sure it was the final race. Oh, because Jimmy Bly didn't... He, he was injured. So when, when the race starts, the announcer says, Jimmy Bly starting in the 26th position because he didn't qualify. How is he in the race at all? Isn't that the definition of qualify? Don't you? <laughs> if you didn't qualify, then you're not in the race, aren't you? Okay, first I'm going to correct because it says, well, I don't know if it was 26 or 23, but it says pole position. There actually, there's only one pole position. It's who... Oh, is, does he? I thought he said the 26th position. Well, whatever the number... No, he says pole position. It's not... So oh. whether the number is 26, 23, I'm not I splitting that. that hair. I missed that. But they say pole position. So my answer to you is, apparently there are no rules because, no, I don't think if you actually went through... I, it would be like you're, you're saying, oh, I, I just put this car together. I would like to race today i don't think that that is allowed right so my answer is absolutely not he should not have been qualified he wasn't he literally was not qualified <laughs> did not qualify he for did the race. not go through the qualification process to right. enter the race His words have meaning like <laughs> just the fact that they put that in the in the movie like he didn't qualify so he starts 26 so that's not what that would mean it seems <laughs> like he's just not allowed to enter don't call attention to the plot hole don't right. call attention to the just inconsistency. put him in there and that's it just I mean, say, yeah he's 26 like he qualified he's dead last yeah, he, he qualified just barely. Don't, don't don't even say it. All right. I don't have too many more that we didn't cover, but I think I do have to ask this one. So uh, my question to you, is Carl the worst manager owner in all of sports? Yes. <laughs> Continue, but yes. So here here's my examples of my question of why I came up with this question. Okay, so he has a rookie driver that has won tons of races as a rookie. But that rookie is to be fired if he does not win the next race. Right. He brings an old friend out of retirement to force him to race to not win, but act as a like blocking teammate. And then, but also to be kind of a coach. But it's like if you want him to be a coach, be a coach. That right. would make and more that's sense. A, that's eventually what you make him do anyway. So right. you give him a car, you give him the, you know the keys to the car, then take the keys away. Right. And then <laughs> Jimmy's the problem, so we're going to have you replace Memo. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't make any and sense and then he also almost gets one of his crew members employees killed in memo so your answer is unequivocally he is the worst owner in all of sports the example of him hiring Bo to replace Jimmy because he, Jimmy jumped out of his car to save memo is the exact because it's like Bo I didn't even did, have it on my list but you're right Bo did the exact same thing there's literally every other driver in the circuit did not do that thing if you want a driver that won't do that hire That's- anybody else Hire Andretti, like you said earlier. All right. Um, I'm just going to ask one more because most of these I think we already covered, and it's just a simple, and this is probably something that could be researched, but I didn't bother, so I'm just, <laughs> I'd like you to speculate. How many cars do you think a kart race team has in reserve? Ooh. Because they crash at least four of them in this movie, like fully like wreck them. So, so okay, the team itself, you know, they, they were, I'm assuming, and I don't know if this is true, but, you know, a team is made up of two drivers, no more. Yeah. Uh, I would wager to say that each one of them, they have a replacement car, and that's it. So four total would be is what I think it would be. Well, they would have run out very oh, quickly. <laughs> we didn't talk about it because there's a moment, there's a race where Jimmy crashes. He's in the lead, and then he freaks out because he can't handle it, and he crashes the car. And nobody reacts at all. It was, like, really weird and creepy where, like, some... 
Memo crash, everyone's horrified. Yeah. But three races oh, no. early, Jimmy crashed. And he slams into the wall, too. I mean, it. Yeah, it's a horrible crash. And he gets up unscathed. I had that one of my things. He's like, has not a scratch on him. Well, see, I, the, not, not a scratch doesn't bother me, even though, you know, the, the, whatever. Like, they've got all kinds of harnesses. Like, okay, it looked real bad, but I guess he turned out to be fine. But it's, it's the lack of concern. Like, nobody on the team, his brother, his, the, at that time, possible, you know, love interest or whether they're actually going out or not. It doesn't really matter. They're certainly friends, uh, him and uh, what's her name. She was on Sophia. his. Yeah, Sophia. Yep. She was with him at the time. Everyone just kind of looks like, huh, he horribly crashed into that wall. That's interesting. <laughs> I, I, no concern. No. And so I, I'm going to go back because, I again, I think this movie, I- intentionally or not, subconsciously, whatever, was trying to do too much of Days of Thunder. And I think part of the problem is, is one of the, probably the best, like, sequence or most entertaining sequences, and that is when Cole is for, you know, I forget what's, you know, song that they set it to. It's a famous song. You you probably would know it, like, right away. I, I watched the movie a year or two ago. I rewatched it, but I don't remember. Well, you've got the, the, oh, the whole sequence of him, you know, in various, you know, slamming into the wall, getting, he didn't okay. bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you and rubbing his racing. Right. So I think the, the, the sequence where they're eating ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> which, which Ice cream. Which, which it ends. That's how that sequence ends. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I forget that song, but yeah. It, it's a, it's an old, it, you know, it's probably like a song from like the early 60s or something. I mean, every t- well, anytime I do hear it on the radio, I immediately think of that sequence in Days of Thunder. So yeah. you, you, you would, if you heard it, remember it. Yeah. But so what I think is they... F- the, the crashing thing is that they fell in love. They thought like, oh, this is what people really liked in that. And they didn't realize is that actually is not... Most of the movie is not that. That is one comedic sequence. Like all of the others is like they're very concerned. Like Rowdy's and well, no, there's two, and actually probably is the best one. The rental cars is probably the best <laughs> sequence in that movie. Yeah, I agree with that. But outside of that, like the actual race cars, no, it's like you know they're they they might be concussed and like they're on stretchers, not moving. The you know Rowdy and Cole when they get in that really really nasty accident and yeah. like that whole thing is Cole not being able like his uncertainty and him being concerned about getting around the track is exactly that he's afraid that he might die because he just barely escaped death the last time and he sees that Rowdy is in really really bad shape and, I, and my memory is that in that comedic sequence none of those crashes are like fully no they're, the they're not flipping over no right. he's like he doesn't slam up into the wall other than there's one when he like doesn't have his the brakes give out and he slams into the, the, the pit wall. That's right. But before we move on, and since I've covered so much of Days of Thunder, because I'm hoping you just pull the audio for me, one of the greatest moments of all time is involved in a crash. Change my tires when Russ Wheeler is driving around. <laughs> and the, do, you, do you know the... The oh. carry always when he gets slammed into. I don't know the noise. I remember the. Oh, moment. you don't? No, I'll, I'll, I'll drop it in if you go, want. Go look it up and find it because carry always like reaction when he's he's just like driving around like the victory flag, <laughs> right. and all of a sudden Cole is coming and just carry always is like the way he says it. Remember. When you find it in Days of Thunder, I guarantee you, you are going to let. I thought you were the one that maybe it's because Eric is the one. <laughs> Probably. One, that's one of his movies. C- carry out the, the, the noise is amazing. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I will drop it in right here. All right. That reminds me, actually, because there's a similar scene. And this is another one of those moments where the this movie, where Driven does a terrible job explaining the sport. Where it's I think it's a, it's maybe Stallone's uh, Jotanta's first race back, and Carl's like, I'm I'm having you pit, and then he holds him in the pit for a while, and then yep. he just takes him out so, so that he ends up in front of Brandenburg and blocks him. 
And then after that, um, Stolen's character was like, never make me do that again. I'm never doing that again. And even apologized to Brandenburg. Like, ah, yeah. I'm sorry about that. It wasn't my idea. But the movie never makes it clear. And I guess this is a question. against the rules. Yeah, or, is this against the rules or is this just bad form? Never is any indication. They, they, a reporter asks Brandenburg, are you going to protest? And he's just like, no, it's, it's it's not, you know, it happens or whatever. He's very, like, blasé yeah. about it. So it's like, did he break the rules? Unclear. Like, uh, the movie needed it, to make, a, make it clear. They don't. It does seem to me that, at best, it is frowned upon. But right. I, I would say that, no, you, I mean, literally, the two, and you're just you're going to send a guy out to try and cut off so that your teammate can win. I can't imagine that's not against the rules. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there would be some kind of penalty or even like wave, like disqualification. Right, exactly. And and if the movie had made it, it explained what is the second driver's job. Obviously, it's like you're one one racer is there to win, the other racer is there to support. And that's clear, but what? How? Where what, does support end? Yeah, what, cutting what, off the. It, well, what in what form does that take? Is that part of their job to block other drivers? I guess so. But yeah, then why so. is this against the, over the line? Is it because you artificially pitted too long or yeah. whatever? Like, I, I mean, I I do think that that is part of being the teammate, and it's whether it's you know also drafting, you know, giving them the opportunity. But I do think blocking is part of it. Yeah. But I do think that this would be above and beyond. Where we're literally sitting. All right, wait. Now go for it and try and <laughs> yeah. knock him off the track. Yeah, I mean the movie makes it clear he's because then he, it would be Mario Kart basically, <laughs> right? I mean Tonto's upset about it. and It's clear it was at least bad form, but I, w- I wish the movie had been like, well, you know, Kart had has decided not to take action or just acknowledge that maybe this is against the rules. I don't know. Yeah. All right, just that the, talking about Days of Thunder reminded me. Um, so, okay, that's all I got. Anything all right, else? that was it. That was the he. Uh, Man, I'm I'm having a I'm having a tough time with the segments for some reason. That was um, that was the devil's advocate. Thank you, the devil's advocate, man. That's fine. Stuffing too many envelopes earlier today and putting postage on. Well, was, you don't have the soundboard in front of you anymore. You can look up at the sound because that's I, right. I, the, our setup has changed, so, so I, you, I've got you, the advantage. The, you 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 hold the keys to the kingdom. That's so true. now you are up next, my friend. The literal soundboard when I tap it. It's actually kind of nice. All right, moving on to the silk cozart corner. Both of y'all, yes, I'm glad to see what. It's very tactile. I like I like having this on the tablet now. Um, so this is the segment where I this is the Silk Cozart uh, Internet uh, Research Rabbit Hole. Yes, Silk Cozart Memorial Internet Research Rabbit Hole. This is the segment where I take a deep dive into some piece of internet trivia that I was curious about because of the movie, named in honor of Silk Cozart, the actor and eraser. Um, I tipped my hand that uh, I didn't. <laughs> you didn't do your job. I mean, I, I glanced at some articles. I was I was kind of like, okay, is there a a rivalry between F1 and IndyCar slash Kart, and you know, read read a little bit about it. I read about the split in that was happening at this time. The movie oh. is being made where, not well, but IndyCar slash Kart itself was split into two leagues. Like it split in the, the I don't know early nineties. Okay, um, so there were like two competing uh, uh, leagues, and this this is Kart, not. IRL, IRL's IndyCar Racing League, and that was the one that had the Indy 500, which explains something that I originally had a question about where I was like, shouldn't they culminate at the Indy 500? Isn't that something that but this movie should same, be doing? Yeah, circuit. But, so it's interesting how reading about the movie where Stallone wanted to do a movie about F1 originally, I guess he was trying to do some research and F1 teams are super secretive about their teams and their technology because because unlike indycar which they're not standardized they're not standardized so like they really and and they really tweak them out much more so and have to hide all those secrets they like wouldn't talk to them at all and he's like oh i'll just make it about kart racing but then he ended up only 
I don't know if you even need to get the license. I don't know how that works, but it ended up being about like the lower tier of 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 uh, IndyCar. I mean, arguable. They were com- they were relatively equivalent, but one had the Indy 500 and one didn't, right? And that, that basically, <laughs> I think that answers your question. Yeah, kind of by default, the the, the IRL was the more uh, premier league because of the Indy 500. So yeah, this whole movie, I'm going like, all right, when are we going to get to the Indy 500? We're the fireworks not, factory of this movie. You're not getting no, there at all. Ne- it never was even mentioned. I was like, D- Detroit. Here we go for the finale, the big race at the end of the season. I was like, what? Where's Detroit? The- yeah, I was like, where's the Indy 500? And I had to look it up. So anyway, yeah, I, I did read up a little bit about stuff like that, but I just that's- don't find you know racing that interesting. I mean, that's look, I don't think it's affecting my viewing of this movie that I don't really like auto racing. No, but, I don't but think like so. yeah, Days of Thunder is a good movie. Yeah. I loved Ford versus Ferrari. I did too. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I know it, it, it's not, it's definitely, you know, like we, you know, we mentioned major league. I love baseball. It makes it easier. You know, if it's a sport that you haven't, it, in some ways it makes it tougher because you may be a little more critical of it because you know more about it. But I agree. I don't think that's the reason why we're critical of this. It's not the sport itself. It's, it's just a bad movie because there's yeah. plenty of other car or in either one of us are car racing people. Uh, I mean, you love the Fast and Furious movies, right? So it, it's not yeah, we well, <laughs> not really about I, car racing. Anymore. I understand, but the point is, it's not you know those aren't our things, but we can still like appreciate you yeah. know, stories that we like that happen to center around cars. I mean, if you give us a reason to care, we'll care, right? And that's the problem with this movie. Is they don't give us. I, a mean, reason I, to care. I care about John Wick's car because you really should not steal John Wick's car or steal his dog <laughs> yeah. or kill his dog. I should say. I just rewatched that recently, and I I did I, as well, actually, with my son Jonathan. Oh, what did you think of it? He he liked it. I was hoping that he, you know, he's finally old enough. I'm like, I was, you know, hoping that he'd want to see the second one immediately. He hasn't asked, but. I, I think as the fourth one gets closer and he probably sees more on YouTube of, you know, the trailers that is coming out, then he'll probably want to see two and three. So you haven't been into my basement uh, since I did this because I, you know, my home theater is down there. No, I think you showed me the, the, no. fi- the final shot of John Wick. Oh, yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, but did. it wasn't on the wall. It was, it, I hadn't hung it yet. Maybe you hadn't hung it, but you definitely okay, showed I did it show me. Yet. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was shortly after I had rewatched John Wick and trying to figure out what I want to put on my home theater wall. And I was like, I'll put some like a, a big uh, canvas of some like movie screen. So yeah, that's John Wick is on my uh, home theater wall right now. All right, let's move on since right. I didn't do any Silco's art. Here it is. The reason we're here. Yeah, the body count. This movie we only killed forty eight people compared to the last one where we killed one hundred and nineteen. And yes, indeed, this is why we're here. We are working our way through the Stallone catalog. And while Memo might have been a non, I don't think we would have blamed that on Stallone or attributed to that. This we escaped with zero casualties. Definitely zero. Yeah, even if he had died, that definitely Stallone wasn't even out on the track. So you can't you, pin him, blame, blame right. him. Carl, you, you would have, you would have pinned, pinned it on Burt Reynolds. Uh, probably Gina Gershon. Oh yeah, yeah, I guess she was the puppet master. <laughs> yeah, right. I, think, I mean, I, it would have been tough to give it to her. But um, so yeah, we're comparing Arnold Schwarzenegger's body count to Sylvester Stallone's. Arnold had an average body count of fourteen point three nine. I forgot to. Do you uh, memorize that, by the way? I just have said it so many times. Okay. It used to be fourteen point seven six, and then we did Terminator uh, Dark Fate, and it dropped to fourteen point three nine. But I don't have the average for Stallone because I was so busy. <laughs> So you know, getting the soundboard ready. Well, yeah, I had to, I was setting up the new setup for the recording, and it was just on my. The, I need to have like a checklist of stuff I got to do because I just forgot. Um, but yeah, we know I, it went down. It definitely went down because this is a big fat zero for him, and understand. I, you know, I think I I can see why he wrote this part for himself. You know, and I think in part it was him trying to 
come restarts. Well, to come to terms with the fact that he's not the leading man anymore, and he wrote himself a part that is, I, I guess, not the main character. Although, like we said earlier, it's not nearly clear who's the main character. Um, which is maybe part of the problem is he couldn't quite <laughs> commit himself. Re- to he being, was wrestling with, yeah, with that. Fact. Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, I, I think as a role for him in this period, even though he's not killing anybody, you know, and that's why I was thinking of just, <laughs> he's not thinking about that statement, which is funny. But you know, it's just like a regular, you know, I, I, I'm just saying from a body count point of view, this is a period in his career when he was trying to shift into yeah. more dramatic stuff. We've talked about it in the past is post Copland pre Rocky Balboa. And you know, uh, I, I like this role for him. It's just, it's too bad that he didn't write himself a better movie. <laughs> it's not good. So I don't know why I'm talking about this in body count, but anyway, let's move on. This is time for right. the wrecking crew. Or yeah, this is going to be interesting. Still makes me smile every time. Uh, the Wrecking Crew Award. This is the segment of the show where we each a award a, the Wrecking Crew Award to the character, inanimate object, concept, many, many th- potential things at this point that wrecked the most shop in the movie. I'm going to let you lead this one off. Uh, I don't know what to say because I was hoping, I was thinking about this before we were recording. I'm t- I don't know what <laughs> to even say. <laughs> This movie is so you, vague, and there's no. Do like, you want me to go for the? You should have just given me the cue, Olson. I don't really have one. Can you go no, to I'm, see if you inspire me? I'm happy to admit that I don't have one, but I, I was hoping that our discussion would something would bubble to the top. I, I do not know, and my my instinct right now is to um, give it to flammable liquids. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to be pretty close. I did not give it to a character because of the shifting, mushy, who's really the, you know, the antagonist. It changes. Who's the protagonist? Who's the protagonist? You could have probably, because for the most part, Gina Gershon's character is pretty nasty most of the movie, but not all. Because even then, by the end, when Memo's in the hospital, they're cheering on Jimmy. So even that changes gears yeah but she is kind of responsible like we talked about for memo's crash for, for memo's him crash on. she's really nasty to to luke whatever yeah that said i did not she was probably the closest i went well with not an in, i guess an inanimate object i said cart cars wrecked the most shop prototypes tore up the streets of chicago and others flipped end over end others winding up in multiple bodies of water so i'm gonna i'm gonna say cart cars wrecked the most shop okay well cart itself the 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 governing body would go bankrupt and have to merge back with IRL in a couple of years. So maybe cart itself, because this, this is, uh, they, they couldn't have known it at the time, but this is basically the equivalent of doing like the XFL movie where it's <laughs> defunct very quickly. That's amazing. Cause effectively, so what you're saying is that like, this was peak cart. Yeah. And if kinda. this was peak cart, it was a good indication. This ain't going to work. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we both kind of gave... I, I'm going to switch mine to CART, the organization. So we'll both say CART racing, but... All right, fair enough. Different versions. All right, you ready for the Rocky rating? Yep. Let's do it. Hey, 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 what the hell are you doing? You're punching car accident victims. No, 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 you don't understand. He was bad math in my film. There's a lot of car accident victims in this movie. Nobody got punched, though. <laughs> You're right. That, that would have been a nice pull of just Evans. <laughs> no, you would DeMille gets punched. Sure, but he's not a car accident victim. You're right. He didn't quite get the, the <laughs> None of the, the drivers actually got punched. Yeah. All right, the Rocky rating. This is the segment of the show where we assign, assign a rating on the film based on Rocky opponents from Spider Rico to Apollo Creed. It ain't going to be an Apollo Creed, I'll tell you that. No. Uh, I will go first. You probably already know. It, it's a Spider Rico for me. This, this is not a good movie. It doesn't. 
as you said, pick a lane. Um, there's only a few moments. That there's not very much memorable dialogue. There are a few. There are a few moments, and I found a nugget. So maybe, maybe that should have moved it up to Tommy Gunn. It 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 doesn't for me because it's just a movie that, frankly, doesn't need to exist. Um, I don't feel like I really learned that much about the world of kart racing. Oh God, no! So I didn't learn anything about it. Wasn't really all that much interesting. There was a performance that you know or two that were you know okay to good. There just there wasn't a lot of positive going on with this. Yeah. I, I liked it more than you. I'm gonna give it a Tommy Gun, but okay. it's yeah, it's not a good movie. I, I, I most of the time I was watching because it's a 90 plus million dollar movie. Yep. I like the production values. It's it, it's a nice looking movie. I think cardboard well, headstones are not tipping over in this movie. Yeah, no, exactly. I, well, and when, when they're not leaning on the CGI, which is such a big mistake, and I I really do think a lot of that was just second guessing themselves in the editing room, being like, ah, throw throw a manhole in there. Um, but you know, like a lot of the footage of like you know, they'd mount the camera to F1 cars and they it seems like they're going pretty fast. I don't know if they're going full speed with the camera on there, but like they're it, it's some of the footage in this movie is really good um of the racing. And uh, I'm sure that's where a lot of that money went. But, but yeah, there's, there's no story, just the story is is it's one of the mo- most limp stories I've seen in a movie like especially like in a big budget movie. I mean and and but I think the most frustrating part is if it had been one of these slice of life, like, ah, they're, they're a bunch of racers and they're going through, it's not really so much about the competitions, about the characters and their lives or whatever. And it's not, it's not about who wins. It's about whether they're happy or, you know, whether the relationships are going to work out. I think I would have preferred that. It's the, it's the like movie pretending like there's this real like driving, no pun intended, driven. You know, I guess that's the irony is this movie is the opposite of driven. It doesn't the plot it is not driven at all. You know, but it, it has like the facade of a really hard driving plot. And, you know, you know it's like it, it has like this patina of, of like a Rocky style uh, sports movie, but just no substance. You just you can poke your finger right through it. <laughs> Uh, and what's funny so you know we were just talking about john wick it's amazing the most simplistic plot of all time and probably a movie that it's basically we just need a structure and a reasoning for this you know basically violent ballet to be put on display yeah john wick has a more interesting story even though its entire setup is we just need some premise for john wick to come out of retirement it's way more interesting way more interesting of a story and it shouldn't be that way because that movie's not intended to be very story driven well I guess that shows how easy it is to set up those kinds of emotional stakes because it is so simple of like his wife died she gave him a dog the dog was killed Yes. And that's enough of a link A to B to C to go, okay, I, now I care about him and I understand why he's upset. And, you know, this, this is a traumatic thing for him and he's going to get revenge. You know, just it's, it's so, it, it is kind of like the simplest version of here's how you get an audience to care, but it works. It so how does. hard is it? Like, it's so simple. It's <laughs> like you look at, I mean, it's obviously not simple. It's very difficult to write a story or write a movie. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, you look at that and you go, oh, it's obviously, it's, it's, I think John Wick illustrates, it's a good, it's interesting uh, using it to illustrate, it illustrates how little you need to do to <laughs> create those, to get a hook, it, yeah. the, the, the stakes, the emotional stakes, and to get an audience, audience to care. And yeah, this movie. Especially because it was a movie that wasn't, it wasn't trying to do that. That's not the type of movie, but it, it knew that it need you, the character has to have that. But really, it was more about a display of the action, which you know I love. But it's just interesting that a movie that wasn't attempting to completely 
meets meets the criteria on a movie as opposed to a movie that I think was trying way harder to do it and failed miserably. Well, but John Wick understands that you you need the context in order to give the action meaning, right? I mean, just if, if the movie had just started with John Wick going through a room shooting guys and you're like, "Who's this? Why? What's he doing? Why do I care? Who's the good guy? Who's the bad?" Guy? And that's the thing. And, and if if there were no real villains, it was more like, "Well, this is a dispute between two kind of equally nice people who just had a misunderstanding or whatever." You know, th- that movie would not. You know, if you turn John Wick into the mushy mess that Driven is, even if the action was just as great, you wouldn't care. And so that's what I'm saying. Like the racing, most of the racing footage I think was pretty well done. You know, it would have been exciting if I had cared. There's just nothing holding it together. Yeah, I just don't care. And so I I really do think if if we had had a reason to care that the races would have seemed so much more exciting because it's just like I, I would have someone to root for. And I I, I don't have anyone to root for. No, and and that's that's where and it's not. It's not that it's the content either, because you know I probably have covered it now ad nauseum. If people are still listening, but Days of Thunder has it. You know, it has. Mm-hmm. You have a reason to care about those characters. There's certainly some questionable thing, but each one of them, and you have the same thing. You got three different drivers. You got the owner. I, you, you've got it all. You have all the same ingredients. Right. Days of Thunder. They figured out how do we make how do we make the audience care about you know these rate. How do you, they care about people who most of, or maybe not most, but a lot of the movie are sitting inside cars with helmets on that you don't even see them. You might hear them a little bit. How do we make us care about them? Well, yeah, you have to have all the stuff outside of the racing has to be interesting and connected in some way. Yeah, so. no doubt about it. All right, so I clearly have driven uh, us off a cliff. So are you going to be able to pull us back in? Well, uh, there's given, not much left yeah, to pick. Given what's left, it's, it'll be tough. But I, I am going to... Um, you know, I'm I'm going to the uh, nuclear option when it comes to I'm flipping open the glass and turning a key and hitting a button. <laughs> I've been saving this. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I thought that I think we have to both turn the key. Well, I have I have control of the key. Are you right Waller? Now. Do you just have like complete control? Even she didn't have a complete control. I'm pretty sure Die Beard had to like put in a key or something. How is this? No, that's you- true. Yeah, yeah, some one of them did. Well, look, if you really want to veto, feel free. No, uh, I'm not going to. <laughs> I, I just picked driven, so no. I, I have the control of the key right now, and this is this is what I'm doing. I it's get whatever. Just, I, I deserve whatever I get. Well, I think this... I don't know how I'm going to feel about this movie, or certainly how you're going to feel about the movie. It was... it When it came out, it, it came out during a complicated time, and is part of a complicated franchise sometimes, sometimes not complicated, but we're going to cover the fifth Rambo. Oh, you guys, of course you take the one last movie that might have some semblance because I, I want to have something that uh, is at least interesting. I you want s- the body count numbers to go up. Too. Well, that, that, that too. Um, I promise I will have those next episode. I'm not going <laughs> to blow it off on a, on a Rambo. Movie. That one would be tough to not have the numbers. Um, but I have. I saw this movie in theaters. You still have not seen it, correct? Correct. I have not seen Creed two either. Actually, by the way, and Creed three is fastly approaching. I think we can get to Creed two before Creed three comes out. I'm I'm hopeful because we're I think getting back into a, a, a yeah. Schedule that's what we're here. trying to. So yeah, I mean I'm I don't know how I'm going to feel about Rambo because it came out during like I said a complicated time and you know Rambo movies tend to be very reflective of the time that they're in. And, you know, the two and three were very Reagan. And, you know, the, the, I mean, four was a little more isolated to, to Burma and that situation. Making a Rambo movie, which already is kind of Rambo's already a loaded figure, during the Trump administration about the Mexico border, like it's fraught. But I think now there's enough distance that it's easier to judge it on its own merits and not be, you know, you know, it was such it. a raw time when that yeah. movie came out and a lot of people jumped on it. And I, I think kind of unfairly as far as 
you know, accused it of, of well, I mean, it's not without faults. I'm, I'm, I'll be curious. To, I don't want I can't, I shouldn't say more and, and yeah, put actually, my finger I, on the scale. In, in fairness, maybe not fairness, whatever, but for me, I, I don't have any of that backdrop because I'm going to be seeing it, you know, in 2023. Yeah. Completely fresh. So maybe, and, you know, I'll be a, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm not the control. Am I, what, am I the control? Whatever in this experiment. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. One of us is. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're the control because I've seen it before. Yeah, so I, I can go in and not have any. Well, I have biases, but well, in this particular case, it's not have, in the moment. You know, it's many yeah. years removed. I, I I have wanted to talk about this movie because I think it's it's there's a lot to talk about. I guess. Okay. But you know, I I, I deliberately held off to try and get some distance. I think we're at a point now where it's. Yeah plenty of distance and we can talk about it and you know I, and i don't i don't think we'll, we'll dwell on that aspect of it too much All right. um but you know it's there and well it's so uh, i'm curious to watch it again because i haven't seen it since the theaters so right. well, uh, i haven't seen it all and i'm i'm excited to cover it because most of the rest of the stuff on the list is i know <laughs> good we still have uh, paradise alley and uh reach me all kinds of good stuff Backtrace, Backtrace, <laughs> yeah um uh, samaritan which got horrible reviews but it came out pretty recently yeah, there's just yeah. All right, all right. It is okay. So on that note, if you like the show, please <laughs> Let's not like think us. about that right now. <laughs> Let's, please like us on your podcast app of choice. I think yeah. we'll have interesting discussions about all those films, including our next film, Rambo: Last Blood. And uh, yeah, yeah. Tell your friends and family because we're talking about a Rambo movie for the first time in years. <laughs> so maybe it'll be you know something that people want to listen to. All right, we'll be back with Rambo: Colon Last Blood. Spending my-